fellow campers, and welcome to this week's episode of the Fantasy Campground. From flavor and map making to monsters and metagaming. How you guys doing today? Dude, I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Thanks for asking, man. Awesome. Thanks for having us here. Awesome. Doing great, doing great. We are on, like I said, episode six this week. Feeling good on episode six. Yeah. yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. We are getting into a good flow. I like the formula that we have, and yeah. the topics seem to work well together so yeah i'm hoping this is beneficial for you guys who are listening that hopefully it makes sense we have enough things that are useful to you but then right. you can also see how we practice them in our game that we play at home and please feedback on our twitter account uh if you have any constructive criticism or anything we can yeah. always uh, adjust yeah just tell us to go fuck ourselves works but please, please if don't. you have specifics have those would be better ego. hey I, hey i can't handle it i'll take the traffic at this one so, we are going to start off with our roundtable talk like we did last week. We're going to discuss some general D&D issues, D&D topics, different things that we like to see, especially with uh, some recent events like the release of a new book. Tasha's, Tasha. Yeah, yeah, saucepan of almost stuff. So for those Tasha you- and her sentient teeth, yes. I think it is. <laughs> that was not mentioned anywhere in the book, and I am sadder for it. Uh is it her sentient teeth, or is it Baba Yaga has sentient teeth? No, Tasha, uh, according to lore, has sentient teeth, and it is not really mentioned anywhere like how she got sentient teeth, why she has sentient teeth, what those sentient teeth do. What, what does sentient teeth mean? I, I, I think they just scream all the time. That's really all you can do. <laughs> Floss me! Right. The, the vocal components of spells have got to be just a horrible time. Do you have to ask consent first? <laughs> so, whereas we got we got Tasha's book here, by the way, I don't we know do. if you guys out there in, in, in the campground also have Tasha's. It's, it's a good book. It came out last week. What on Tuesday, Wednesday? Yep, yep, seventeenth, yeah. right in the middle of the week. It's nice, uh, end of November ish. Yeah, it's it's a good time to release a book like this. I mm-hmm. think it's amazing. It's a, I, I look at it as like a, a like almost like a sew up. You know what I mean? Like they, they knew there was loose ends. They brought some stuff from other books. They kind of like brought everything together. To me, it feels like a bookend of, of 5e. So a little bit of background for those of you who are unfamiliar with how Wizards of the Coast does their books. A lot of it is framed from the storytelling perspective of one of the great characters of their multiverse. Uh, you have everything from the beholder of Xanathar to the the Grand Wizard of Mordenkainen. Mordenkainen. And, and yeah, Volo was a uh, Volo's a world explorer and you know kind of researcher, which is why his uh, Volo's guide was had a lot to do with monsters because he was researching. You right? know what sticks out in this of like the set of books that I'm like, oh, this one doesn't really make any sense now. Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. Like, you look at that and it's like, oh, that's almost like a module at this point. It's very... Uh, it seems at this point that Wizards of the Coast is trying to forget that Sword Coast exists. That, I was just about to say, that feels, feels like one of those before they weird. discovered their formula. Like, yeah. oh, this formula works really well. Yeah. This one, we're just going to... You know what's even worse canon. than that? What's even worse than Sword Coast is the Elemental Evil campaign. Oh, that, oh, you know, yeah, that's yeah, one yeah. of those things that players always bring out. They're like, Elemental hey, I have this evil. spell from Elemental Evil and yeah. this canon. It's true. This is That's a book. <laughs> Excuse me, what? Elemental Evil? <laughs> yes. But what's great about Tasha's is, is it actually brings in some things from like Ravnica. It brings in some things from uh, different books. It also, 
it uh it, it did it's gotten a lot of flack because a lot of people were expecting it to be Xanathar's Guide 2.0 with so much stuff in it. Uh is that it because of the word everything in it? Probably. <laughs> it, it could be. <laughs> This but one also the, has everything, so I expect it to be words. everything yeah, it, part two. And it's only two, you know, it's 200 pages. Yeah. So the It's not as big as some of the others. It does, however, to me, it seems like it is a, it's a, it's a codification yeah. of, hey, we've been telling you forever, do whatever you want to do. Literally right. just, yes, here's our guidelines for everything. All of our books are guidelines yeah. Now here, like specifically the race changing, uh, the race proficiencies and all that. Yeah, that's right it's, at the beginning. It's, it's nice. literally we've told you guys to do whatever you want. I love it. Here's the formula for it. Yeah, I so, think it's great, especially the race thing because I I often choose characters just because it's a race I want to play. I don't I don't min max race at all, and to be able to kind of mix now like oh well, I want to play this race, but I also want to kind of like make sure it's not hurting my class and subclass choices. You know, that's nice to be able to do that. D&D is a game of inclusion, like including yourself. At its, at its base level, it's it's a game of saying, I want to be included in a world that I can't take part in. So, the, the, You think? You think that's what it is? So if you want to make a character that is not adherent to the quote-unquote raw rules, yeah, you can do that as long as you're talking with people. It's It's... Not gonna work if you walk if you walk into a session with a new DM that you don't know and and you say my character has X background and it has these proficiencies and you know and you've not discussed anything with anyone it's you're gonna set your DM up for some awkward conversations so that's the thing that I think Wizards is trying to get across here is do what you want just have fun and communicate with people. And here's the formula by which we will make this very easy for you because people like to have things written in book form for them to feel like this is the way it's supposed right. to be, you know. They've been now been given permission to do that, pretty much. Exactly, exactly. It was like it's like written written permission from wizards to say you have the right to do whatever it is you want to do in our games because we've always said that. Well, have you seen any pushback from this? Like, I've seen a few online forums that don't like this, that they like the min-max, well, that's the, the way the races are. Do you, see, do you see any blowback to this kind of idea that you can be anything anytime? I, I would imagine that comes from a lot of people who look at D&D like, like an RPG game. And like there's a way to win it. Right, there's a way to win it. And, and yeah. you know, I'm, I'm here to roll the highest, and I'm here to... And my team is meant to yeah. slaughter monsters, get stuff, end game. Like yeah. those, those are the people who want things structured so that they can know. And this is what this is at least what I think, so that they can know that there are rules by which the dungeon master has to follow. So if I'm looking at an orc, he has to have plus two strength and constitution, and his right. intelligence has to be low yeah. because that's how orcs are. I think a lot. That's where I think that's, oh, that's where a, a lot. That's of a very interesting from, point. Know. Do you see this? Maybe a kind of blowback into games where you are facing an orc and you're like, oh, okay, well, now I don't know what the fuck that means. That's how it should be. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But mm-hmm. before, if you had spells that were like, oh, it's an intelligence saving throw, I'm going to target the orc because... It's an orc. It's an orc. Right. Yeah. Now... Now I, you can't do that. That's, or now you got to be a little bit weary. Well, now that. I would say context clues. Like, that also might be... can You know, it kind of depends on how you're trying to frame that because that could be considered metagaming. Yeah. 
and you know that might be a little frowned upon. I don't unless think, I don't think unless you've idea, unless you've encountered like if you've encountered them before and you know that uh, the specific like orcs, okay, as clans in the world, you know that they're not the smartest. They're all brute That's strength kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But so then you wouldn't really run into that where the, the different stats from Tasha's matter because you know in the world that they're smarter and it's going to come up to the DM that if there's a different kind of orc, maybe there's a shaman back there, then you go, okay, maybe that's, maybe he's not strength. I'm, maybe yeah. I shouldn't cast a wisdom spell yeah. or something like that. That's interesting. I like that. I never thought about that, about running into the same races and now those don't mean anything or those mean, those can mean you need to mm-hmm. get a perception check or something to find yep. out. Yep. Yeah. Context clues yeah, matter an, a lot. Yeah, that's you an know, interesting way to uh, look you at know, it. How is the orc being described? You know, it does it does it look like a feral creature that is charging you with bloodlust? Yeah. Or does it look like a or is it an orc that is commanding troops from the hilltop position and seems to have a very good grasp of battle tactics? You know, right. That that orc. If you target with an intelligence saving throw, let's say you you know you use your metagaming thinking, you're like, all right, intelligence saving throw, and he f- passes it every time. Because I mean, a he twenty is a twenty, right? Well, he, I mean, he could just you know, he could have an intelligence of sixteen. Yeah, you know, that's true. And, and so this this is the way in which you as a player can say, all right, I don't have any walls that keep me within a sort of racial structure right i can now i can now build as i want you know i think an ogre still an ogre you know i think i mean can you have a charismatic ogre i mean if you can have the charismatic orc why not a charismatic ogre you could uh ogres aren't player characters though that would be up to the dm how they describe them can you lay the same kind of thing that Tasha's kind of like hints at as to you know other NPCs that aren't player characters. Most definitely, yeah. yes. Well, yeah. me as the DM, I have all. The, I I don't have to follow any rules that I don't want to. That's a yeah. Good point. Ogres could yeah. could be the smartest people in the world, That's and right. they just yeah. have their own little enclave. That's yeah, true, exactly. Yeah. And the the only ogres that people encounter are the ones who have been cast out because they're not smart enough. Who've been enfeebled mind or something? Uh, exactly. Like <laughs> oh, they've there you go. They've been exiled from their clan, so they've been feeble minded. Yeah, feeble minded. So everyone that encounters them encounters these uh, stupid or ogres that just lumber around, and that's their con- you know preconception but of that's how ogres are. British speaking ogres out there. And that's a yes, one- and they are very high born, <laughs> and they all talk like this. You know, that's a one paragraph story arc right there. It's true. You just yeah. l- we literally made bad. a one paragraph yeah. story arc. That'd be hilarious. It's also. it's literally Wakanda with ogres. Yeah. Was there anything that, when you were looking over it, that stood out to you as far as new subclasses? Anything that jumped out? I, I know you dug like, yeah. the class features. I think those are an amazing addition. I think it's something to take a part in. I think it, I think it ranks right up there with like. Um, so in Xanathar's, they had uh, like little fun things you can roll on, like for cleric. I know mm-hmm. there was like where your temple is and that kind of thing. And it's, usually it's a D six and it was a bunch of different things. This book really dove into these class features that change the way the class functions uh, in a deeper manner. Like, for example, on clerics, now instead of being a split stat or a pure caster cleric, you can take a, a feat at level 8 that 
doesn't do either, you'd roll a D8 on your spell casting. Well, yeah. it's, it's not a feat. Uh, it's just a, it's an optional class feat. Well, they call it feature. Yeah, they call I, it I features, feet, which kind of gets you know confused sorry, yeah. with the feats. So clerics, feature. certain clerics are considered spellcaster clerics. Certain character uh, clerics are considered melee, melee clerics. Yeah. So the melee ones will get at level three or, or four, eight. 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 So at yeah. eight. It's all, both of them are at level eight. Yeah, so when the melee ones hit with a weapon, they'll get 1d8 extra radiant damage. It's called Divine Strike. If they hit with and the... And it's not necessarily radiant, but... Right. Yes. So in the, the spellcaster ones, they will get uh, an extra d8 of... No. It's no? your proficiency to your cantrips. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I've never played a cleric, so yeah, I, yeah there we go. Uh, so it, you have to choose, and it's tied to so which the, specific subclass you are. Correct. Of now cleric. they say you can ignore that and just take this feature instead of instead of bu- either the one of those strike. things. Yeah, right. divine strike or the potent spellcast right. is what it's also called. So you can ignore that and take on. You can roll a d8 and add it to any cantrip. And it's and you can choose if or it's melee or, or melee. melee. Yeah, yeah. And one. so as one character, you're not having to decide between the two for your subclass. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, so but the the drawback look- is at the higher levels, you don't get. I think with the regular subclasses, Multiple. you get. I think at 18, you get two D8 you get two, or yeah. you know double 14. that. Yeah. Right. Whereas with this, you can choose melee or your cantrip, but it's always going to be a D8. That's it. Yeah. We could talk. We could talk the entire podcast about this this book that just came out. It's broken down into four chapters. It's it great. Has, it has like character it options in chapter one, group patrons in chapter two, which I'll have to look over. Yeah. And then chapter three is magical miscellany, and chapter four is dungeon master's tools, which I always personally love, and has like a specific section about puzzles and. It's actually got puzzles that you could just rip right out of the book. Which is oh yeah, fantastic. yeah, definitely. It's and got that's great. Yeah, I'm always on the lookout for great rated puzzles. from easy to hard, and it even has guidance on yeah. how you can change it so it's a different solution yeah. than what's in the book. Yeah. How you can make it harder or easier. It has if your characters make certain checks to find out more information about the puzzle. Yeah, there's a lot of useful it's stuff in that part. It's pretty deep. That's dope. My uh, my fa- oh. He's looking at the puzzle portions. Who does that picture look like to you? Is that Mr. Belvedere? No. Who is that in that picture? So one of one of the puzzles here in the book is talking about uh, a menu for an inn being coded. And the innkeeper, does that not look like Tina Fey? I can see that. You know who I was going to say? The vice president lady from McCain. What's her name? That Tina Fey played Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin. Sarah it looks, Palin. Yes. It looks like Sarah Palin. <laughs> right. It looks like Tina Fey playing Sarah Palin. It does. Yeah, that's hilarious. I like it. I like it. So there's a lot of there's a there's a good breadth of different sections to choose from, and not to mention uh, extra subclass that were some of them are from other books. They brought a lot of them in. This, like I said, this is this feels like a tie up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It is a tie up of all the popular unearthed yeah. arcana stuff yeah. for yeah. subclasses. Yeah. Uh, there's I, a couple of new magic items yeah. for people. There's specific items for certain classes. New spells. I, there are new spells. New you spells. Know? Uh, they did. They did tie up the um, the booming blade and green flame blade. Uh, it's in paper. Kind of right? hack now. Yeah. Uh, they fixed the hack. Yeah, I like it. Um, there's a large portion in there that I liked about sidekicks. 
Oh, okay. What, what was that about? Mm-hmm. So it is for creating and the either the players can do it or you as a DM can do it. And it basically walks you through on creating sidekicks for your players. Oh. Helpers, pretty much. You know, that feels like, I remember in, uh, was it three and a half, three point five edition where they had like, um, uh, what did they call them? I forget. But there was basically like hirelings. Yep. I can't yeah. remember what the actual name they used for them. But in here, they actually give them full, like, you they walk like, through it, and it has a full 1 to 20. Yeah. Love it. Uh, you Love can it. get, a, like, they get ASIs. They can take feats. Man, that's that, great. They also, they have it wild. split between martial and spellcasting. So if you yeah. have a spellcasting sidekick, you can have them flavored, and it pulls God. up their DC and everything. They also advise it for if, if action economy wasn't worse enough. Now exactly right, now you have sixteen more. Yeah, things now you have a whole of. bunch of stuff. They they recommend it for like lower player level parties. Like yeah. so, if you have two players or one, yeah. if you're if you're to running a, a campaign for one person, yeah, uh, you can give them a sidekick. No, I think it's great, especially yeah. like you said, if it's a DM and like two people. It's yeah, really, so you you can exactly. give them sidekicks as helpers. Yeah, uh, they also recommend it for. People that don't want to play, like they think playing a regular character is too complex. So you can have them just helm a, their character is a sidekick. You don't have as many options because you're a sidekick, it's easier to play. So you could do. I would never want to do that. Like you get all these cool shit. It looks here like I got. A book bag? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! No, I think I think they're recommending it. They're recommending it for like maybe new players or kids. Like, hey, you know, the kid comes up, you give him a sidekick to play for a session or two. Or you have you know people new to D anD D. Like, we might have a new guy. He's a little intimidated by playing a level seventeen or sixteen character. Do great. Give him a sidekick to play for a session or two, and then maybe transform. Like, decide you're a martial sidekick. Okay, let's make you a level sixteen fighter that has a little bit more capability Jeez. than sidekick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. we're just gonna throw him in the deep water. Yeah. And make him swim. Yeah. Yeah. Give I, him a whole session all of his own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go. <laughs> so we talked a lot about Tasha's. I am still. I want to know about her sentient teeth. I. Wa- Why does no one talk about that? Well, this book really has almost nothing to do with Tasha, like other than the title of the book and her little flavor stuff. It is it. so. It is set up it as her writing. She wrote a guide from all yeah. this knowledge she's accumulated yeah. throughout the multiverse, yeah. and it's been censored by the Magic Academy or whatever. Oh, is that what the preface is? There, okay. yeah. That's the I mean, first the introductory note. And Xanathar's is the same. The same. Pretty thing, much, yeah. yeah. There's but very little on lore. She has a lot of snarky comments uh, that she mm-hmm. talks about, like in each individual little thing. I like Xanathar's comments better. <laughs> Xanathar's were funny because they were coming from a beholder yeah. who just like genuinely doesn't understand. Right, he, right. They, yeah, how humans yeah. and people do. Like, why don't you just eat this? Yeah. Whereas yeah. Tasha's, Tasha's are kind of just like a. She's it's like a th- it's like she's a college. Judgy. It's like yeah, a college chick. Uh, <laughs> like one of them is. Um, I think it's for an undying. Warlock, uh, it's it's for one of those subclasses, and she's like, I know liches that are still paying off their you know mages college. Right. What do you what do you think about them bringing things from other books into this? I mean, it almost makes it so you don't really have to buy Ravnica. I mean, you have the subclasses from Ravnica that are in there or Telos. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to buy that. It's it's 
you so if you, you don't want to play yeah if you don't want to play telos then you or can Rebel, buy yeah. this to get the subclasses yeah. out of it if that's all you wanted you can get this and then you also get the added benefit of the magic items the puzzles the sidekicks the, i feel like it's kind of shooting that. themselves in the foot doing that though you know what i mean like if i wasn't running a ravnica or a telos campaign but i wanted those subclasses i, I would could just talk get this. for very long time about Wizards Wizards. of the Coast terrible business decisions. (laughs) Shoots themselves in the foot. Yeah, it's called, uh, was it, uh, Annual Corsets of Magic? (laughs) 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 That's a great, great design, guys. It's bad. I I think in the future, like the next release of D&D, we're going to see spend off from Wizards of okay. the Coast. Okay. But that's business. That's a whole entirely well, different thing. You bring we're, up a very interesting point. Do you, do you see this book as the end of 5e? I, I think this book screams end of edition. Mm, that's hard to tell. I don't know. I don't think it is. I yeah. don't see how you come out with other... Other than modules, I don't see how you come out with anything else. Like, this is literally right, tying right. up loose ends. Right, like what? What else do you do with more? Like this literally says, "Here's how. Here's the formula for doing whatever you want." Like we're not going to come out with any more books for fifth edition. Yeah, where do you modules. where do you go from here after that? Spelljammer like, is the only thing I can think of. And just make space. Like, if they come out with Spelljammer five e, you guys will no longer be fighting on Xanthra. <laughs> A spaceship will crash. <laughs> The negotiators will be like right it. there like at the it. crash site and repair it, and you will go into Nar- the... Naris would not last long in space. <laughs> the more and more I look at this, it looks like it's a way to set up 6th edition. I mean, it to me it says, like, here is the formula for 5th edition. This is how everything works. This is how races work. Use this formula. This is how subclasses work. They literally had a Unearthed Arcana a couple months ago, I think, about designing your very own subclass. Right. So... Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, it's no I deal. think I think honestly, this is the this is the end. I don't see I don't see them going more than a another year. They're without. in the they're in the glory days of their business model, so it seems it would seem counterintuitive to me that they would. And what is it? Four years now. Fifth edition is going on the fourth year, fifth year. Oh, it's longer than that. Is it longer than that? Yeah. How long did three third edition went to three and a half, 3.5 like two years after it, it launched and then 3.5 went for another like three or four years on top of that i don't see fourth edition only lasted like two years i don't see it being a uh, i don't i don't see them stretching out fifth edition any longer i see them going back to the drawing board throwing everything down being like okay we gave them the formulas and everything to use fifth edition with Let's go back. Let's come up with something new. Let's make sixth edition. I, I'm just spitballing here. Right. Space time dragons with with a lot of math Fuck, or something. Yeah. Xenomorph <laughs> dragons. I want. Yeah. I don't know how you. You would have to take. You would have to take everything you've known from fifth edition and throw it out. Right. You'd have to start fresh. So if these are the formulas, then these formulas are only for fifth edition. So you go into sixth edition with something brand new. I don't know what it is, but I just don't see them either. Either sixth edition comes out within a year, or this is it. This is all. This is what D and D is now. Is fifth edition forever? No, nah. I think they're they're gonna they're probably gonna follow the Pathfinder treatment where there's going to be a lot of. What is Pathfinder's on second edition now? 
second edition Pathfinder just came out. Just they came had out. like twenty years in the making. <laughs> no, no, not even. But they they had a well, over a year long. What, like I think Pathfinder one was ninety eight. Oh, I have no, no idea. No, 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 no. You think it was later than that? When was Pathfinder one? Somebody looked that up. Because Pathfinder one is based on uh, three point five. Three point five came out in two thousand three. Oh, really? Yeah, that was close. Jamie, will you look that up, please? Yeah. It's around there. Either way, it's been a long time coming for second edition Pathfinder. And they're still playtesting. I don't think it's official yet. I know they just came out with a book for it, right? But regardless, it is a great... 2009. 2009. So they, so they had... 11 years. 10 years. 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. So do you see Wizards hugging on to 5th edition for 10 years before they bring out a 6th? Hmm. They that's would a have. Long time. That's a long. We're at time. six, so we we're would have six. another four years. Yeah, could you see another four years of fifth edition? I could mean, see it. I could see him milking it. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. You I ring. honestly, I don't care as long as they give me rules for sentient fucking teeth. teeth. Sentient teeth. I just want sentient teeth. <laughs> I don't know why you have them. I don't know what they do. Do they talk to you in your brain? Like. What the fuck, Tasha? Well, okay. Explain it in your so, book. Okay, so if you had if you had sentient teeth, there is no way that molars, incisors, and canines would get along. There's absolutely like what your, if front, it's just a te- sack your, of your front teeth. Your front teeth would definitely like, try to dominate teeth. the conversation. It's just a bag. You know, of you teeth. know what? That could be it because <laughs> there is a bag of teeth in the yeah. items. So, so that's maybe that's what they're that's talking about. Teeth. They don't yeah, mention assume, that in the lore, but you that could be it. it was her teeth. <laughs> no, in it's her, her teeth. In my head canon, it is her teeth in her mouth that are sentient. They fucking hate her because she doesn't brush enough. Yeah. Well, and she doesn't floss. Well, no, I was going to say, the ones in the back definitely never get brushed, right? Like, exactly. Like the ones in the front, you're like, oh, yeah, like you're the ones that matter. You get brushed and floss. Yeah. But she yeah, goes yeah, to I'm the, back here in the back actually doing the fucking work, and you're not doing anything. You know? She goes to the dentist, and the dentist is like, oh, you, you've been flossing, right? Oh, yeah. And you, the little fuckers in the back, no, she ain't been no, flossing at all. Snitches. This is not how I thought this podcast was going to go. <laughs> Welcome to the newest podcast, <laughs> Dental Hygiene. <laughs> so yeah, if you if you have a chance to read it, please do. If you're if you're in the stage of character creation, it's not long. It's no, what, it's not. It? It's, it's not a lengthy book. It's two hundred pages. Right, two hundred pages. And 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 same the last, price as every other book, though thirty bucks. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, and the last thirty of it is meant for DMs. Yeah. You know, it's DM puzzles and stuff like that. Yeah. So if you're in the stage of character creation and you're... And literally the first half of the book is Artificer. Right. Like it's a lot <laughs> of It artificer. is a huge section of Artificer. <laughs> yes. Because that needed that needed shoring up. So, But that was from another book also, right? Wasn't Artificer in... What other book was it in? Eberron. Eberron. So, I mean, they, for them to rewrite Eberron how Eberron was much more of a setting book than a content right? but that's like, how, that's what I'm saying are they shooting themselves in the foot because they've gone through all these modules slowly peppering with new subclasses new huh. classes you had you had Ravnica with the domain order you know or order domain of cleric you know I you think, had primal uh, primal barbarians is from another book I think elemental evil or something like that so I mean you have all these books and this is literally just a collection of it. I think they could make a cookbook without the settings from D and D, and people would buy it for fifty nine yeah. ninety five. They have made a cookbook for D and D, and I believe it is twenty three dollars, thirty bucks. See what I mean? Hardcover. You say they're <laughs> shooting themselves in the foot, and I oh, literally and I they literally see people with a bedspread of the amount of books that they've released in the last two years. So it's like, 
No, I don't think so. I I, I really do <laughs> think Wizards should uh, offer with every book purchase comes a coupon for the digital version for D and D Beyond. Yeah, that's that's getting into business stuff though. I was gonna say, I and then your accountant would say you're no longer in charge I of know, business I decisions. Really, I will never buy. I will never buy a digital book. I won't because I own so many physical books. All it's right, like, that's fine. I mean, as as we've discussed, like there are people who love the digital version of things. Me, I need both. Yeah, and there are times when I look at something real quick on the internet just to get to just to get a where I'm looking. But if I want to read the book and actually like I get also into think, things, I read it. So this also want to note that he knocked on the physical book that is not his. Right. It's also a thing like, <laughs> and this isn't just wizards. This is my constant gripe with physical versus digital books that they're the same price. You're telling me that book with ink, print, paper, hardcover, same price as a PDF file? No, the fuck the digital no, book that's, is no, that's about you know making I mean? money. The digital, the digital book should be at least half the price. But that's even with Amazon on on their books. It pisses me the so f- it pisses I, me off to no end that it's the same price. So they're for charging digital. you for the content. Yeah. Right. I so guess they're charging you for the content, but not the materials. I'm just saying because they love you and they're giving you the materials yeah. for free. We need to rise up against our uh, digital book overlords. <laughs> so yeah, if you have a chance, check it out. It's a good book. Yeah. All right. So now I think we'll we'll segue from we'll segue a little bit from that into our next to- our second topic of the week, which is character concept challenge of the week, which I'm super excited about. Character creation of the week. All right, so this week, I'm super excited because... Because you get to steal our ideas for the next to, campaign. I get to farm ideas. I'm not going to... If you think I'm going to be that plagiaristic, then you don't know me. I have copyrighted like both you. of my and characters, I, right, so you. if you Copyright. use them, you can expect a suit from my lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Cease and desist. <laughs> exactly. So, yes, I gave the gentleman the challenge this week of creating two female... Let's call them villains. Let's call them villain characters that had to be in the lawful evil or chaotic evil or neutral evil. The bottom half. The bottom, yeah, the bottom tier. Bottom third. Yeah. And the challenge. Yeah. That's how fractions work. And the challenge was, yeah, I think it was high level, right? It was 15? 17. 17. 17. 17. Yeah, getting up there. So it was high level, but the challenge of it was I tailored the sort of backstory aspect of this. I told them no God complex and no revenge stories. Right. Made so, it difficult. Made yeah, it very difficult. It, because, yeah, I took I took away what I thought to be two of the more obvious villain choices when you're creating a character. Right. So, do we want to roll? You can go first. I will... I will he will relinquish. Allow you yeah. to go first. He will allow me to go first. Yeah, I have, I have a sneaking feeling... I'm about to go 0 and 2 in these character creation challenges. <laughs> so, You've also had a tough week. It's been I a tough. I will give week. you that. I got a new puppy. Almost killed the puppy. It's just been bad. And that's not true for people listening. She's downstairs. Don't don't let her hear that. She doesn't listen to the podcast. We are. <laughs> okay. Oh, I she'll never listen know. to this. She'll never. Know. It's going to be the first episode she listened to. You almost <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, what? You're sleeping outside. Her voice is literally in the transitions. <laughs> mm. So. For the first of my for the first of my two villains, the adventurers step into the cave lair that they've been led to 
and they don't know what to think. It's been fairly clean, it's been fairly desolate so far in this dungeon, and as they step up to a wide open room with an altar in the middle, they hear a shuffling in the darkness on the edges, and out of the shadows step 14 undead zombies shuffling towards them, and they hear a cackling voice. The one they've been sent to find, Hraimar. Hraimar is a wizard, and she has supposedly been alive for 2,000 years. I like it. I like okay. It. All right. As they cut through these zombies, eventually behind the altar steps out a surprisingly young woman who has very elegant robes. She seems dismissive of why they are there. Why are they interrupting her research? And deceptively... Okay, we're going to have to cut that. (laughs) She's had a full brain fart. Oh, no. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm leaving that in. Oh, leave it in, in. definitely. (laughs) So, no. So, she is way too young to be 2,000 years old. Hrymar is a 17th level necromancer. Age is just a number. In D&D, age is just a number. She is a level 17 human necromancer. One of her main spells that she uses is the level 8 spell clone, which allows her to create a new body that can be younger than her own, effectively allowing her to live forever. And she uses all of this time to do necromantic research. She can have at at the least... 14, well, uh, around 14 zombies. She can also have like four whites. She can have two or three mummies running around if she wants. Wow. And she literally, she just sits in her tomb. She sends her zombies out to go find items, magic items, things of interest to her as she continues her research. And she laughs at liches who resign themselves to kind of that undead stage for, why the fuck would you do that? I have a normal body. Like, screw you guys. So immortality is her her goal. It's not her goal. She's already achieved it. She's achieved it. She's achieved it. And it's just a kind of like, she just continues doing whatever she wants. That's amazing. Okay. I like All right, that. I like that. She Hrymar. has no qualms about killing people and using their bodies. She is very amoral when it comes to the use of magic. I'm getting Got a it. very uh, death becomes her okay. kind of thing. Kind of. Right. Mm. All right. All right. Hraimar. Hraimar. So Hraimar is, Hrymar. Uh, I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly. That is Old Norse for Corpse Maiden. Uh, of course, Cor- of course, it's Old Norse. Why wouldn't it I be? I mean, yeah. With Assassin's Creed Valhalla just coming out. <laughs> yeah, I definitely this guy put in like eight thousand hours in one week. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's only uh, been out for a week. And shocker, it's an Old Norse term. <laughs> all right, so that's I'm gonna let one. you. I'm gonna let you go with your one. Your, your yeah, next we'll, one. Right, let's so let's alternate. Oh, we're alternate. Yeah, we'll alternate. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's good. So my character, level seventeen, human, warlock, Kelly. Kelly decided to pact with the fiend Mephistopheles. Uh, we'll say that like some, something in her background made her do it. She's not an evil person, but as soon as she took the pact, she is now controlled by Mephistopheles into doing evil things. Not a revenge, 
doesn't want power. She's literally a slave to a devil. And I think it works great at level 17. You have Pact of the Fiend. And you're going to also take, uh, what's the chain? Or the... Um, yeah, uh, so your patron is the Fiend. And patron the Pact of the, the, the Chain, yeah. So she's going to have uh, basically like a little devil that's going to be telling, like an imp or something, that's going to be telling her what to do, okay. how to do it. Okay. Yeah. It really okay. plays in with the second character, so I'm not going to get too deep into it right now. Okay. But Kelly is very much uh, not an evil person. So this is where I wanted to clarify. So it's a juxtaposition of what makes something evil. Is it something they do or is it the uh, the person or the, of the, or the deeds behind it, you mm. know? So I think it's it really important, especially in Warlocks. I think that's a, a very well dove into kind of juxtaposition of how much is it is is theirs and how much of it is the patron telling them to do things. You know, when you get when you get into the level of of high evil warlocks, when you're when you're the weapon. I mean, Mephistopheles is pretty evil. Right, right. So you make a pact so with if you literally that devil. It's like, if I steal an apple, but I'm starving, I know right. I'm a thief, but am I evil? Yeah. But if I kill someone, but I was tricked into it or like like manipulated into well, it, what brought you're this getting up? into a very gray area because you still took someone's life. Yeah, exactly. Right? So here's the deal. So... We were talking about characters who couldn't see or hear or mm-hmm. talk a couple mm-hmm. a couple episodes ago, mm-hmm. and Michael had a very interesting character that made a pact to save its own life, and I was like, man, you know, would that still be if you were to do it out of like self? I want to live self preservation, right, and then now you're basically tied to this devil or demon. You know, I mean, that can go a long ways. There's a there's a different way to play that where it's, okay, you're doing evil shit now, but, I mean, at least you're doing something. You're not dead. You know, you're still alive. Well, if you, if you talk about it from that angle, then she's still evil. Still evil. Right. Absolutely. She's, still, yeah. she's doing the evil things, but she's doing something. So I, I like that. I really enjoyed that character that you made. Okay. And I thought it was a, an interesting way to do it. Two. Level 17 is a little, little, little hard to kind of nail down because, I mean, you're talking like spells and... Oh yeah, there's a lot of stuff for seventeen. Like I, stuff, I had to, yeah. I had to go and look up. So I really didn't go too no, deep into the level I most, nine spells and all that. I yeah, mostly, I didn't, I, I mostly I didn't do that. I mostly set it high level so you'd have a lot of options for things like that. So right. you could have a lot of like, okay, because she's high level, yeah. she has the ability to do this. Because I know if you make like a third level, it's hard. It 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 kind of limits you to True. have sort of like yeah. long running like character arcs and yeah. stuff like that. And like so. I said, it makes more sense when you bring in the second character because I did my my whole thing was I was tying these two women together. Okay. So yeah, I never I never said that they had so, to be tied but together, but that's right. something you could have done. Yeah, I definitely All right. did. All right. So uh, I'll pass it so back off to Mike. Kelly and Reimar. My name is not Reimar. No. Kelly is very. That was going to say he went, he went from oh, a Norse oh, corpse Kelly. maiden, and you into like Kelly. Kelly, my name's Kelly. My name's I'm Kelly. From, I'm from accounting, <laughs> and I love Mephistopheles. <laughs> <laughs> she I took that just a almost, little too far. She almost <laughs> died in a shoe shopping accident, <laughs> and she just had to cry out. Hey, Kelly might make it into Telderon. Hey, she <laughs> don't, don't hate on Kelly. The old Kells. Now I now I feel bad because this is the first one I made. So when you gave this challenge, I I had one thought, and then I went, 
I'm not going to do that because that would be giving away backstory for a current female villain that you guys are already entangled with that uh, uh, Lucas Nar- Narius, Lucas's character over here, hates with a burning passion. Yeah. Uh, it's something about killing his father or something like that. I don't know. Also, Velst hates him, right. Justin over here, because I described her as a pretty bard maiden. Oh. And because she was pretty, she had to die. <sighs> to, to give some kind of reference to this, we're in a dingy bar in a dingy town. Right, like and he's a made dive, a point to being like, like a dive, this dive. is a dirty dive bar. Like, you guys walk into this dirty <laughs> bar dirty with a dirty bartender and the drinks are dirty and everything's <laughs> dirty. I wasn't and that then, bad about then it. Then out walks a beautiful maiden <laughs> who happens to ask for your order. And out I was walks like, Wait Emma a Watson in yeah. Daisy Dukes and you're like, like oh, what is she doing here? <laughs> <laughs> This lady is way too pretty to not be some kind of character we should be murdering on site. I, li- I like how it was, no, we're not going to ask her questions. We need to kill her. Mm. She's too pretty to live. Too pretty to live. I mean, it, it was a roundabout way of saying it, but yeah. Speaking of too pretty to live, this next character, the adventurers come in to turn a quest with their favorite NPC. And as they're trading jokes... They turn their back to look at uh, some item that their favorite NPC has. Okay. Only for the leader of the party to be stabbed in the back and almost instantaneously killed. And as they turn around, the hand holding the dagger is said favorite NPC. Everyone stands confused. And as they do, the face shifts to another one. To a very beautiful female face that you cannot place. It's elven. It's human. It's got some dwarvish and halfling features. You don't know, but it is pretty. And then the character disappears and you don't see them again until they show up months later as they find you at the end of a long dungeon crawl. They suddenly come up to offer aid. Some random farmer comes up to offer aid to the party after a long dungeon crawl and a dagger slips between someone's ribs. They are dealing with Skinwalker. Oh, Skinwalker changes. does not have a name because she's a mercenary, ideally. But she's been paid good gold by the big bad guy of the campaign. Murder for hire. I like it. She is murder like for hire, it. and I she like likes what hire. she does. She is, in fact, a changeling. She Love that. has found that... Love that playing the pretty woman gets her to places that she wants to go gets her the information she wants and as a changeling as an action or until go, she runs yeah. into people who hate beauty yeah until so, she runs into a group of characters <laughs> who hate beauty and want to kill on sight so she dun, is dun, a dun, level dun. 17 mastermind rogue uh, and okay. the, see so I was going to bring this up the that's a little overlap Mastermind Rogue is able to change their face, right? No. They they can use a disguise kit. Is that what it is? But the she changeling can actually become any kind of humanoid race. Oh, I thought so. they could just change their face. I didn't know they could change everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yeah, they can no they can change their form. So this oh. is from Eberron. I thought changeling um, was just face. Where'd it That's go? That's my bad. So shape change. Can change shape. Must be humanoid. You change your voice, shape, hair, etc., must be a form for a race you've seen. Uh, so if you don't, if you've never seen an Aarakocra, you of couldn't order. change into it. Point of order is a centaur humanoid. No, I don't a centaur think so. is not humanoid. 
Centaur is not humanoid. I don't think so. May, uh, it, no, no. I think the four legs. I've never I think, known, the four I've, legs, I think it is. I think the four legs would take I've over. always wanted to know that. Because so there's a couple things that are like humanoid in D&D. And then when they brought out centaurs and, and minotaurs, I'm like, okay. Like a minotaur is, would be considered, yes. A minotaur. You think yeah. a minotaur would, but I centaur, think it's bipedal. So you're telling me. I think it's bipedal. That's, it's the legs it's, yeah, that make humanoid? I think humanoid. it's the legs, yes. <laughs> I, th- I think that's it. So you can, you can change that shape and you can even mimic someone you've seen. Uh, you, can cha- you can hold that form until you take an action to change your form or you die. Love it. So wait, I'm sorry. Or you what? Or you die, and then you revert back to your normal. Oh, form. okay, okay, okay. So the I reason like, I, I took Mastermind because you get the uh, you get cool stuff like at um, uh, where is it? You can so at level three, you can unerringly mimic the speech pattern and accent of a creature mm. that you hear speak That's for at least I'm, a minute. Okay, so That's they can the change the though. form. So Changeling can already do that anyway, though. No, you can take the shape of someone. But you shape you of the can't, vocal cords, you would sound. Well, like you can them. you can sound like them, but your accent's probably off. The accent is the part you have to get right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where the mastermind dialect. comes in at level three. So you have you have a rogue, a level seventeen rogue who can mimic anyone as long as they've taken the time and they're rogue, so they can be sneaky about it. Yeah. To observe their target. That's yeah. pretty good. I like um, that. That's good. That makes a really good assassin or mm-hmm. mercenary for hire. Mm-hmm. So at. Uh, I was thinking, so I, I completely forgot that you said it had to be on the south end of the uh, the alignment table. Mm-hmm. She was originally a lawful neutral. She just, she stuck to her word. You paid yeah. her, she did her job. She wasn't necessarily oh. a evil person. Okay. Well, that brings up an interesting but point. But then I remembered what she said, and she likes murder. Well, she here's likes the, it. Also thing, if you remember last week's episode, he also she said that uh, when you asked about if somebody is lawful good, but good to a point of like you have to die, you have to die. That, that to wasn't die. on the episode. That was, uh, that was during. Our, that was uh, when we played episodes. last week on our okay. campaign. Okay, but I mean that brought up an interesting point. And he said that was perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had another character like that. I kind of dropped it for this straight evil. Okay, uh, but like yeah, it. getting getting back to Skinwalker, she doesn't give her name to anyone. The her orders I like, like that's the cool. uh, that's her call sign, and the people know that's like the nickname. That calling she's card. been her calling card, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And when people want to want to give her orders, like when she's not working for the big bad evil, um, they have to write it on a piece of skin Oof. and drop Pound it in a certain place. I like it. So she, and that's how she gets her targets. So, so the great thing is, so she can change form. Yeah. She can mimic someone's accent at level seventeen, mastermind rogue. Your thoughts God, can't be read by telepathy or other means. Unless you allow it, you can present false thoughts by making a charisma deception check contested by the mind reader's wisdom. Additionally, no matter what you say, magic that would determine if you are lying or telling the truth indicates you are telling or you are truthful if you choose. And you can't be compelled to tell the truth by magic. So So literally... Zone of Truth doesn't work. So She can't be interrogated. She can't be interrogated. Yeah. And she can't be mentally interrogated. Inside so even checks. if she captured, and if you're like, inside checks, are something's pointless. a little off. I'm going to, you know, read her mind through some spell or something like that. Oh nope, that's the person we've been talking to. That's yeah. fine. Exactly. And the DM and at level like, seventeen, yeah, you're definitely going to be doing stuff like that. So oh yeah, yeah, that's a really good two level kind of thing. And yeah. she has like as it. a, uh, I, I gave both my characters magic items. 
Um, okay. I did. All right, now you're just sucking up. Uh, <laughs> it's level 17. They should. I didn't think too hard about it. She has the ca- the cape of Mount Bonk. Okay. Um, which basically gives a free cast of Dimension Door. So if she does an, on the off it's chance, yeah. it's basically an escape door if yeah. she needs it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That's amazing. I like it. Skinwalker. Okay. What is That's, the other one? With a lot of R's. Rymar. Rymar. That's way too many R's. It, it's two R's. It's literally two R's. It's that, it's that combination. There's two of those combination AEs. It's the... Parjin. Oh, the Aether things? Yeah. yeah. The A&E. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he set the bar pretty high with That's that last one. Pretty high. So if you remember my first character, Kelly. 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 Kelly has a sister. Kelly has a sister named Jessie. <laughs> Kelly and Jessie. And what does Jessie's girl do? Jessie? <laughs> so... Here's the deal. If you remember what I was talking about, where old boy from a few episodes ago made a pact to survive, right? Mm-hmm. So you're looking at that same kind of thing, a pact to survive. Now the sister wants to save the one who is now being controlled by Mephistopheles. So she becomes a cleric of Mephistopheles. Also evil. Also having to do evil things. But she's doing it to save her sister. Not a revenge. Not a plot for power. It's just to make sure her sister survives. So you have a cleric warlock combo, mm. Kelly and Jesse, doing evil shit all the time in the name of Mephistopheles, with their little imp person giving them orders, little Charlie's Angels esque type thing. And you have how would she, the how great would juxtaposition break? of a cleric and a warlock working together for the same god. So if she succeeds in freeing her sister, she does not care that she loses her powers? Here's the thing. So as a warlock, if you are able to break your patron, what happens to your powers? No. They're gone. They're gone. So as a cleric, what happens if you go against your god? They're gone. So in theory, if one succeeds, if Jesse succeeds on breaking Kelly's pact, it's over for both of them. I think it's a great it's a great way to kind of sew up both of those classes ways to break their subclass or class in general like they would just go on living as like normal people. Nobody wants that though. Nobody wants that. They're evil motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. They're killed and they'll kill again. The imp told them to. <laughs> but mm. it's not it's not uh it's not a power. It's I, not a god okay, complex. Where it's I w- not a revenge story. Here's where I would say there's a caveat to that. Sure. So Go how on. is Jesse? Questions. How is Jesse going to break Kelly's? How is she going to break that without cons- without gaining power? Exactly. It's, sis- well, it's she sisterly goes. love. That's... She's doing the whole thing. She has but pledged she herself has... to Mephistopheles to make sure that her sister but survives. She can't. She's a cleric. But she, she heals. Can't help. It's what she does. Kelly without she helps gaining... Kelly in all her missions. And by helping Kelly in all her missions, she is becoming a stronger cleric of Mephistopheles. But, if, but she's going to have to eventually chase chase godhood to break, because she's being held over by a god. Like Her power comes from the god. Yeah, from Mephistopheles. So eventually she's going to have to take over... No. Or break, like, break how else? It. How else is she going to do so that? So here's here's where you think is a chase for power. It's actually a chase for no power. It's a chase to become normal. It's a chase to break away the chains of 
of power. Right. That's the eventual. That's yeah. the eventual yeah. crest over the mountainside, right? right? So it is. It's but actually you still the have opposite to do the. But you still have complex. to do the god. It's a common have, complex. I, I actually, I it's a peasant complex. I like that. You is. could have that's a villain, but once you uncover those motives, that she's not a villain because no. she wants right. to. She's a villain to save her sister. Yeah, that's when you have. Mr. Champion of Bahamut come in and give him a pamphlet that says, have you heard of Bahamut? Have you heard of Bahamut? can help you break that pact. You're just going yeah. to the wrong church. That's exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> so then you have a the team trying to redeem yeah. this cleric to break out yeah. her sister. I just think it's a great way. I've always thought that the the playing off of a warlock and a cleric, I think those are two of the same coin and I think it's a great way to to team them up together under the same god or fiend or pact or whatever. And now you have a situation where you have one person who's literally helping, trying to do the right thing for the sister by doing evil acts. And I think it's a, mm. it blurs the line between evil. It would definitely be ev- neutral evil. You know what I mean? She's doing it because she needs to, not because she likes it. And I think it's a great way to kind of skirt the, it's not a power complex. It's not a God complex. When they're done, when the contract is fulfilled, her sister is going to be set free, in theory. But she made a deal with Mephistopheles, so who knows? And then you have Jesse, who's serving to make sure her sister stays alive. Sisterly love, man. It's great stuff. Kelly Kapowski. It's not bad. It's a little saved by the bell. (laughs) Jesse and Kelly. Oh, my God. All right. At least they weren't elephants. And they are not elephants. They are both humans. So put that in the wind category. There's yeah. no loxodon in this one. <laughs> I do like it. I would have gone I would have gone the other direction. Yeah, not- I would have gone uh so Jesse becomes a cleric of Mephistopheles by choice. She oh, it's likes Mephistopheles by choice. Oh no, yeah. no, no. That but was the original thing. The whole, right, and yeah. then something happens. Kelly almost Kelly... dies, and Kelly knows that her sister prays to this thing, so she reaches mm. out in her dying That's moment. That's a good way to put it. And Mephist- put it. she doesn't want to serve Mephistopheles, way, but, yeah. but she's she doesn't want to serve him, but she's required to because he saved her life. She doesn't yeah. like the evil things he makes her do. Yeah. Plus, it's kind of a god squad. You know what I mean? That Friends, is that it's... is their own little kind of a you know yeah the half amen. amen yeah yeah it's a it's a warlock cleric duo combo. I think it's a great thing. Okay. You don't see it too I, often. I it's really, nice. really it respect... It plays well within D&D. I really, really respect the rationale that you have behind right. everything, and I really do see where Hit you're me coming questions. from. What do you got? I, I just... What do you want clear about? No, 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 no. It's fine. I'm just making my decision. I no, got you. No, no, no. Okay. It's fine. No, okay. no. No it's, questions? It's, no, it's... Yeah. Okay. I see completely... I see completely why what, you did what, what you did. Uh, what subclass is the cleric? Yeah, yeah. So we have Ooh. fiend. We Ooh. have fiend like for it. warlock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To tell you the truth, I hadn't picked a subclass. Oh. But if I if I was hard pressed, it would probably be forge for fire. You know, cleric of the forge. Okay, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Or uh, mm-hmm. actually, I could see Grave. I could see you make a, a order cleric of Mephistopheles. Yeah, I could see that too. Because uh, yeah. demons are, or not demons, Jesus, slap Devils. me now. Devils. Oh, shit. Devils. Did he, did he fuck up? Did he I did fuck up. up. I'm running shit. a demon devil campaign and I fucked it up. No, uh, a devils are all about their contracts. They are super lawful and that's yes, what order's about. You, yeah. There you go. Yeah, so we could do that. I'll go that, yeah. Order domain. Final answer. 
Alright, so after the Norse corpse maiden Raimar. Raimar. So, wait, so I got a question about your two, though. No connection at all. These are just two random characters. Mm -hmm. Might not even meet each other. They have nothing to do with each other whatsoever. These could be entirely two entirely different campaigns. I would like to, uh, point of order, that I made mine not only connected, (laughs) but literally related. You also didn't pick a subclass till 30 seconds ago. I mean, (laughs) the subclass isn't really that important. It's really not. The story is more important. The story of the cleric and the warlock. You know, going along, mm-hmm. doing. That's doing why the it's close. Bedding. Yeah, that's why it's close. That's what's more important. That, that's why it's close. There's no okay. Here's my other thing: is there's no other pair of classes in D and D that play off better with each other on an evil or good scale than warlock and, and cleric. I think those are the literally polar opposites, and to have those two being together under the same god slash pact, I think is a, an interesting way to 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 bring those two things together. I mean, so, you, have, you have druid and barbarian, right? And that's like nature versus like a bestial thing. The bard and the monk? Uh, I mean, are they polar opposites? I, don't I mean, know. when would you ever see a bard and a monk hanging out? Horny versus celibate? I don't that's know. I don't. I don't. So I was, I was actually, I was actually going to say, I like, um, so there is a paladin subclass. I've always looked at it. Called uh, Illrigger by Matt Colville. And it is. I'm sorry, what'd you call it? Illrigger. I-L-L Rigger. Okay. Uh, and it's made by Matt Colville, and it was specifically for his uh, MCDM campaign with okay. the chain mercenaries. One of them is an Illrigger. She's a paladin of Asmodeus. I like And it. he made it f- to be a paladin of a devil patron. They have that in Xanathar's, right? Isn't there like an evil paladin in there? Uh... Yes, I believe so. I think so, right? Well, you also have the Oathbreaker, but that's mm-hmm. a... That's, the yeah. Oathbreaker is more... Of a like an evil like they have a necromantic kind of vibe. The ill rigor is very fiendish. And going with this week's uh, Tasha's cauldron of everything, you may you know slight me for not picking a subclass, but there in that book gives options of changing your subclass on a whim. I mean, it just takes a couple days and you know some gold and right. sweet talking the DM. That's it. So. <laughs> sweet talking your god. Yeah. AKA the DM. Yeah. So I really don't think subclass is that important. All right. Not in the way I, I the way I did it. Subclass, even for the warlock, the subclass really wasn't that important. It's the fact that it's a warlock and a cleric. I think is the most important thing. It's a, yeah. It could, it could have been a fae. And yeah, really. Her really sister bad. was fighting. Yeah. You know, became a cleric of the yeah. fae. You could it's do a, a nature. Way. You could do a nature cleric uh, or something like that. So no, also, sorry, <laughs> paladin or the ancients is the nature paladin. Sorry. I had this idea. Uh, I don't know if you guys seen that Futurama episode where Bender uh, becomes like a wooden robot. Yep. I've I seen sure every have. Futurama <laughs> episode and I know what you're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> this idea of like, they'll learn our peaceful ways through force. Kind of, <laughs> right. of like a druid and a, bar- and a barbarian doing that. Mirrors <laughs> reflecting mirrors? High tech sorcery. <laughs> I think that would make a great evil characters who are like but the, in but then I went, the more I thought about it I was like that's definitely a revenge plot because they're like going to be hating technology you know right right but, right oh so what do you got what do you got what do you, what do you think am I on too do I get a win he's got character sheets he's got magic items I've got saved by the bell you know I mean it's a <laughs> When you put it like that. Okay, so here's the question. 
<laughs> Where does AJ Slater fit in all this? Right, AC Slater. AC oh, Slater. Oh. AC. <laughs> so, I, I mean, yeah, it could be a whole family, right? AC Slater died. He's yeah. one of the... Yeah. yeah. The father of Zach. He's a thrall. He, <laughs> the, he's the paladin of swollenness or something? Yeah. Was it Lisa uh, Turtle? And it was a Screech. 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 <laughs> See? You can go a whole Saved by the Bell campaign. He would I, be I've set six up, foot under. I've, ex, I've, I've established an extended universe for Saved right. by the Bell. Oh, my God. All right. So, Michael has characters with character sheets. He has magic items. Correct. He's went a lot. Michael also. Yeah, he went all in. Michael also brought a character from this campaign. That is true. Wait. Skin no, no, I did he not. Was not. No. He was going oh, okay. to. Okay. I was going to. Primar is yeah. not Locusta. Right. He Locusta yeah. would be. He was there, he there's actually to. not currently a subclass that is close to what she is. Okay. Druid would be the closest. That's not a subclass. It, 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 yeah, whatever. Oh shit! <laughs> She's an on the fly. Skinwalker was real good. Skinwalker's I good. Like, I, I like I Skinwalker. Like Skinwalker. I, it, on Skinwalker alone, I would be like, "Oh, that's a fucking, that's a badass character." Mm-hmm. I have so no name, just a faceless creature that. Kills. And so like, we were talking sick. about you using these for the next campaign. But here's the thing: I can counter Hrymar. I cannot counter Skinwalker at all. Also, why does uh, Skinwalker need to be a female? Like, you wanted a female character. There's nothing female about Skinwalker. It's a changeling. It's a changeling. It could be whatever the fuck it is. Exactly. So if if he asked for female characters, you don't even have a name. You just have a faceless thing that changes. You're calling it female, but maybe you've been deceived. Maybe it's a dude the whole time. So Skinwalker... You know what I mean? Now you're not even playing the game. Skinwalker's name is Finn. Oh. Her real name is Finn. (laughs) And... She Phineas. It's short for Phineas. Chooses, it's a dude. It's a, no. It's a man. Finn chooses <laughs> female man. forms because she likes them. Therefore, she is a she. It's a man, baby. I get it. I get it. Because, hey, it's 2020. She it's identifies 2020. as a female. Yeah. She's a female. She's a female. Uh, I actually, so to tell the truth, uh, for that one, I kind of came up with that concept, and I played a lot off of, uh, so the new She-Ra, on Netflix, there is a character called Double Trouble, and they oh, Jesus they really want to put are a changeling. Like in, like in record that you watch Shira. Yes, I do. I watch <laughs> a lot of shows like that. I am a horrible, horrible weeb. It's and also they're... slightly the same plot as the '90s hit movie Species, right? She can't she can't change the way she looks. She kills. Eh, yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. You gonna talk to me about ripping off a movie, Mister Saved by the Bell? I mean, so all right, moving yeah, on. That's a good point. Delumbo. The, the Delumbo. sister concept is good. After <laughs> yeah, after discussing right? it, the sister yeah, concept is good. good. I like it. It's not random characters. I like it. I am yeah. going where I'm going to pick it apart, and pick where apart. I'm going to eventually yeah. make the decision is yeah. that you you have said over and over they are not evil. No, but that's that's okay. So, let me explain. They're not evil, but in the alignment chart is that acts that you do or who you are. I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to break it down as, as, as me as the Dungeon Master. I would say if I wrote these characters who out. Who are we but the deeds we do? You right. You know what I mean? If, if I wrote these characters out as you've described them, I would not put their alignment at evil. I wouldn't because of, I mean, they're because doing of their manipulation. Shit. Yeah, it's manipulation. manipulation. But we are so, what we do. 
And this, we children, are, campers, we cam- sorry, campers, I called you children. You are all my children. This is why the alignment chart is bullshit. Right. Because yeah. you are stuck into, oh, I have to play this stereotype so whatsoever. Me, here's the thing. Say you're a, unlawful, or a lawful evil, really bad dude. You spend the next six years of your life saving puppies. Not doing a single evil thing. Saving puppies, baking cakes for the homeless. Are you, at the end of those six years, still a lawful evil character? No. It's because of the deeds you do. The life, the yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, ah. Mm-hmm. So in theory, hey, hey, Kelly and Jesse, I bought my indulgence for Skinwalker. <laughs> she is technically lawful good right now because she bought an indulgence. So Kelly and Jesse, even though she murdered a puppy, are doing evil things for six years. Therefore, even though they are good people, they are in fact you, but okay, neutral the, evil. The, the analogy that you made doing, is not is not comparable because they are the person doing evil things, therefore they are you evil. You just said that the person who was saving puppies for six years like, who killed people, they did it on their own accord. So they were evil. Right. Kelly no, and I'm Jesse saying aren't. the acts that they do. If you take an evil person and they do good things for six years, are they not good people at that point? Or are they well, that, still but evil? It doesn't wash away what you did. There you go. Same way. They did. are being used by Mephistopheles. They're doing evil things. It's not being washed away. They are evil people. Even though they're doing it for good reasons. They're still evil characters. I mean, close, but I'm it's gonna give deep. it to Skinwalker. Uh, I got you. <laughs> I'm gonna give I it to Skinwalker. Right. I made, I made a case. I, I made a case. I, it was really good. It was really, really good, and I really see the point. But, but, I guess on a, like a philosophical level, it's I a, disagree with you. It's a save so by I the bell. have to it, make like it's a, a save by the like, bell. Philosophical how would I teach my daughter this lesson? <laughs> yeah. Like, so it's like a, it's another deep lesson uh, brought to you by yeah, Save right. by the Bell. That's what it is. Because that's uh, what Save by the Bell did. It enriched yeah. people. Yeah. Like every day at four p.m., yeah. you felt better about yeah. life after watching it. Right. This is going to be had to be an entirely separate episode yeah. on why the alignment chart is bullshit. Right. It's exactly. the same thing, but with demons and devils. Yeah. It's nice. I'm going to give it to Skinwalker. Absolutely. I absolutely concede that was uh, a great, Skinwalker. great, great characters. Yeah. Uh, even though they're not sisters, I get it. And, <laughs> it's not and, and here's another thing that I was going to get to. No gods were brought up at all. Mine was all one. gods. Mine was a all lot gods. to do with a lot, gods. Yeah. A lot of gods. A lot of gods yeah. over here. So I think, really, I think, that was kind of a big thing for me. I think where D&D excels is its... Uh, Pantheon system. Mm-hmm. I think you're able to oh, you're able to tackle God. some serious, seriously heavy things. Do you want to talk about one of the most difficult things when I first started to build Ashalon was to really hammer down how I wanted to do the Pantheon system because if you just if you go with the full PHB, yeah. you open it's yourself tough. up to like a lot of different like coming up with the five that I was going to use yeah. and how they all interacted with each other yeah. and who worships them and how yeah. how their worshipers behave in the world like that that has been a huge thing cuz that's like that's a big it's thing big. it's a big it's thing big. when you start when you start entering into like it's almost like something you go- need to take into consideration when you make a character mhm yeah, oh, exactly. How do you feel about gods? Second. Yes, it does. Somebody did that. You still lose. You God still lose. <laughs> I want to tell you right now, neither of my characters give two shits about the gods. That's what I like it. And neither of them are Dude, that's, god complex okay, Skinwalker, or Skinwalker instantly seems to me like someone who could like own a two-story house in Cliff's Edge. Lawful evil. And right? be like... Absolutely lawful evil. 
the, lives by her own code kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so like I said, Skinwalker originally was going to be like a lawful neutral. You pay her to do what you want, yeah. and she just, she, yeah, she kills people, but it's because that's what she's paid to do. Paid to it's go. not just she killing people. Rules. She can also infiltrate and yeah. steal things, but she has rules. You she pay her, rules. she does it. That's yep. lawful. That's the job. Probably lawful neutral because she could be paid to kill some evil guy. That's sure. the way she was originally. Uh, then I remembered you said it had to be on that south half of the yeah. thing. So I'm sorry, south what? The, the south of half the of that alignment chart. South third. South third? South third. Okay, yeah. Fractions. Oh, that is how fractions work. That is yes, how it fractions does. work. So, yeah, no. Now she just loves murdering people. Here yeah. I... Yep, Rick and Morty. Here yeah. I go killing again. <laughs> so, yeah, no. She just likes what she does, getting paid to kill people. So that is yeah. evil right there. I can, I can yeah. see her owning a penthouse in Cliff's Edge and being like one of the most like revered people in that city. She has no a one, shit ton of money. But nobody... I can see no that. one knows who she is. But nobody yeah. knows who it's she just, is. Exactly. Yeah, you see that penthouse up there? Yeah, like nobody knows who owns it. Nice as shit. It's yeah. just someone goes in and out. It's always a different person. Right, what the fuck exactly. is going on? on there yeah, yeah that yeah whereas primar just kind of she sits in her dungeon what was and that? wasn't there a movie doesn't do anything where it was like it was it was from the point of view of the maid of dr jekyll i think i've recently right. i think i know what you're talking about but you know i don't i don't know what it's called i can't remember what it's called i think it's like julia roberts in it or something but like the whole movie is just this maid who has to clean up like bloody sheets so like, oh my god she's like there's something wrong but he pays good money and he's a very <laughs> outstanding that's what i get from like skinwalker is like the maid of that penthouse is probably like seeing some fuck shit lives here yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a, like that like, alone is a story one, a one day it's like a 60 year old like wise yeah. old man coming yeah. in covered in yeah. blood and she's like what the fuck yeah. and then two days later it's like you know, it's a kid yeah. that but just they, walks in. And but they, they always know who I am. They understand our <laughs> schedule. You know, they have, I get they, paid. Sorry, sorry. They, they know the inside jokes that I know with the people. This doesn't make any fucking yeah. sense. The but big yeah. one is I get paid. She just but gives me paid. like five gold every time paid. she sees yes, me. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. Well, congratulations, Sarah. It yes. was a great uh, yes. character creation challenge. I, I uh, Tip of the hat to you. That was great. That was okay, really you, good. I like those two characters. You need to get off the schneid. I think I'm just going to be like an eight-time loser. <laughs> he's got to come back. It's it, He's setting it up for the underdog next week, story. Next week, campers, your your boy Justin is going to come back for the big dubs. With a loxodon. With another loxodon. you got to root for the... It's always the underdog gotta, story. That's what see, he's setting yeah. it up for. Yeah. The under-elephant. Yeah. yeah. It's going to happen. Everybody's going to be setting up Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be great. Good. Oh, yeah. 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 You're much better than mine. So, real, real snapper. Real after our character creation challenge, uh, Lucas had to run off because he has a bibi. And yeah. we have a special guest this week who's been watching and now has to jump in. Ross? Ross, how are you doing? I'm, I'm great, thanks. thanks Welcome, for Ross. Welcome, Ross. You can see Ross every week on the Negotiator Twitch channel at twitch.tv backslash the negotiator, all one word. Ross plays Shazak, our uh, resident crossbow-wielding fighter. Eldritch Knight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The dexterity way is, uh, is, yeah. is the thing that I like to do. So It uh, is the way. It just happened that way. Dex fighter. Yeah. All the way. Yeah, it's nice. All the way. You, you kill it, man. So constantly. So You're many. constantly murdering things. So many shots. Yeah. It's a <laughs> lot. So we got the uh, in our replacement for Lucas out of the way. 
Uh, we're going to roll into the next section, which is how to deal with this. How to deal with this? How to deal with this? There, there we go. go. He's getting in go. the yeah. mood. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So in this week's How to Deal with This, we're going to be talking a little bit out of the out of the game itself. We're going to be talking about troubled players, how to deal with it, certain examples, what do we go through, what do you see, what are some issues that you find like, I guess like non sequitur, but like you know what I mean. Like what what are your what are your pet peeves when it comes to DMing or playing, or what do you see that's an issue? Uh, also beyond the uh, the beyond the trouble players, the kind of setting limits for yeah. your campaign or and who you're also, playing with. This also circles back to Tasha's Cauldron because they even have a section in the book about like a player contract, right? Yeah, social contract in social the book contract. under the DM section, talking yeah. about you know talking with your players or talking with your fellow players about you know what are things that people might have issues with. Yeah, um, there's how a comfortable with it. Isn't there a subreddit for like horrible D and D games, RPG horror stories? Yeah, RPG horror stories. Yeah, if you yeah. ever want anything more than what we're saying here today, please visit Reddit slash RPG horror stories. Oh my God, there are some doozies. There's some doozies in there. Yeah, absolutely, they're a great read though. So I'll start off. One of my big one of my big pet peeves is when uh, a player gets overtly sexual I, I don't know why but i feel like when you're at a table of people and you're playing a game with dice and you're doing make-believe when someone starts putting like a sex spin on everything they do it really just like irks me i'm like this isn't why we're here I, or is this like a weird way to get your kicks like it it makes it awkward for everybody else at the table it could be why you're there it but it may be. but it may not be why other people are yeah. there which is why talking with people yeah. is a good thing well, so well, if you want today. your if you want your D, you know bdsm kind of night with your, you know, your sex club friends, that's fine. That's fine. But that's if fine. you're playing with your friends everything. from work, it's if you're playing with everything. people you don't really know, then keep that on the DL. Well, I always look at D&D as a poker night. You know what I mean? It's a way to, like, play a game with friends, and there's certain rules that you do. You wouldn't be talking about, like, crazy sex stuff during a poker table. You know what I mean? Like, it would just be awkward. What kind trying, of poker games are you, you know going to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think there's a... You, it really does circle back to that social contract or session zero or something that you start when the game starts. You give your limits. You say how much you're okay with, what you're not okay with, and you have to respect those boundaries. You know, absolutely. But I think my biggest one is the the overtly sexual stuff. If somebody's like, oh, you know, I want to do like a weird rape fantasy scene in D&D, and now we're all just forced to like sit here and listen to the creepy McCreeperson, you know, do his weird rape thing. Yeah, and that's like yeah. That's if that's a player, then that's up to the DM to you know kind of ch- yeah. shut that down. Like, shut it down. You know, okay, no, they don't want to deal with that. Play the character doesn't want to deal with you. Yeah. and try and cut that question. Off. What if it's the DM? What if it's the DM putting people in that situation? How do you bring it up as a player? Like, hey, this is this is on my boundary list. This is my this is my no go zone. I, I think that's a private conversation that you have. I don't think you have it at you the table. You don't stop right it then at and the there. table. No, I mean, you don't. Well, um, to an extent, yeah, you can say, "Hey, wait, I'm not comfortable with this," and then maybe have a private conversation yeah. later. That's like, "This is why I'm not, you know, comfortable with this." But yeah. uh, I think there is a boundary. I think there is something that you can say, like, "Hey, wait a minute, that, that that's that's crossing a line." That's crossing a line. Is there? Do you feel that there's a uh, 
is there a way to come out of game quickly? Is there like, I don't want to say like a safe word, but is there something where you're like, let's put a stop on this like right now? Is there, is there a phrase you could use or is there something that you would recommend players? You, you, you're saying like, I'm not comfortable with this. Yeah. That's yeah, enough. Yeah. You think that's enough to like, I, I think put the you can, I think you can like say, hey, DM, I'm not comfortable with this conversation. I don't want to do this right now. Yeah. And then maybe, you know, maybe you and the DM go immediately and have a conversation and say, hey, this, yeah. isn't, this isn't cool. It's and a boundary thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What about you? What do, what do, what do you think is a problem player, a problem DM? What do you find? That, what, is, what, is, what really kind of like takes you out of it? Uh, coming ill prepared. Unprepared? Like, yeah, unprepared, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, coming in with, like, not knowing your spell list, not knowing what your spells actually do if you're a spellcaster. It's one of those things, like, if you have to look up what every single thing does... First couple sessions, it's fine. Right, right. Yeah. First couple sessions... It's like, a third that's actually in, expected, in my opinion. You don't know how to... You don't know the order of attack. You don't know what an action or a bonus action First is. time playing? Yeah, that's expected. You're, yeah. you're going to yeah. gonna have to look that kind of stuff up. But when you're years three in. years in, and yeah. you're four years in... And you're and, like, what's a spell list? Well, like, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not ready yet. Like, yeah. you know, I had... A whole week to prepare for this, and I we're at a long rest. I'm changing my spells. Yeah, this is what I can do. Yeah, but God help you. I have no idea what I'm doing. If you're a fighter, right. Eldritch Knight, or a, or a paladin, where you can't change your spells, but on level up, and you still don't know what the hell you got. You know, oh, right? Yeah, that means right. you've had those spells for a while. <laughs> for a you while. should know what they yeah. do. That's a good. That's a good one. Unprepared I, is a big one. I mean, it, it for for me it is. Yeah. I mean, just because like. You've had that time to prepare. Yeah. You've had that time to know, get to know your spells, and if you don't by that point, we're like we're level sixteen right now. So if if I didn't know what my you know shadow blade did, I oh, Jesus. I, that that'd be that'd be a big problem. Well, Even that would, though I've that had would that bring the entire combat to a halt. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Let, let me look this up real quick. Yeah, the fr- yeah. the first time you reused it, it was kind of like okay, yeah, like, yeah. you know, look yeah. it up. This is the first time it's done, but. Years you know, in. two two levels down the road, and you've been using it for six months or in game time for however long. Uh, this is more specifically for the players and the characters. So, you know, six months down the road of actually using it, you should know. Okay, so how, how it's supposed to be used? Say, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to. I don't want to show up to a game unprepared. What are some tips, tricks? What do you got? What is your quick preparedness? What do you uh, spell list? Uh, obviously, you were talking about it. Know right, what your familiarize yourself yeah. with your spell list yeah. and the components that it takes to yeah. cast those spells and things like that. If you're a component, you know, wizard, know what what components you need. Yeah. In order to cast a spell. Or else you're just kind of sitting there going, well, wait, do I have this? Like, and really do I have this bat guano and sulfur to really cast it's fireball? A one, it's a one-time thing, too. I mean, once you get it, once you know what these spells do, once you read it over a few times and prepare yourself once, you should be good to go for multiple sessions unless you you know, swap out spells on the daily. Right. Right. And then, then you, and if you know what it does, then you don't get caught out by like, well, you yeah. tell, Hey, I want to cast this. And your DM goes, yeah, well, do you have that 500 GP oh, diamond? I'll tell you what, that's the first oh, shit, thing I, I look don't. for when I prepare spells is the material cost. That's what? number one thing I look at because I don't want to be in that situation. I've been in it once and it was uh, legend lore. Legend lore got me with those ivory strips. Yep. Legend lore got me real quick, and I was like, ah, never again. So now every time I prep spells, I look instantly, do I have what I need to cast this? If not, I don't even prep it. 
But I think that's something that's overlooked, though. I mean, uh, a lot of you know first-time DMs don't remember. Oh, to it think happens of, all the time. You know what I mean? Like, it happens all the time. So I, I think that spell casting think, component, yeah. like that components part, is definitely something that does get overlooked and is a little bit underestimated. I think anybody who ever plays a spellcaster goes through that at some point in time of being like, I accidentally prepped all these spells and I have no idea what I need to cast them. Right, or they they just assume that because they have a focus. It's uh, free. So, yeah. so for our, our campers here... So if you are a spellcaster, you can choose between having an arcane focus yeah. or having a components pouch right. where you have to they have... They do the same thing. They do the same thing, same yes. Same exact thing. So you have your components like your backwano or right. your wire or you don't your need things to, to cast your spells. So for the even focus, you don't, you don't need, need those. Even, uh, even component pouch, you don't need to gather anything. Yeah, you can RP gathering the items sure for your you component want. pouch. But, but it's there, not needed. There are specific instances where if the component... Does anybody know the magic number? Uh, I think it's over 100 GP, right? 50. 50. 50, 50 GP. Yeah. If it's over, if it costs more than 50 GP of focus or component pouch, if it specifically it. says in the spell that it requires more Something than 50 GP 50, or more, yeah. you need to then actually you go actually buy have it. to have that component. So if yeah. you don't have that on you, you can't cast a spell, even no. if you have that arcane focus that allows you to Correct. cast things without actually having the components. Yeah. 50 and GP is a lot, though. 50 GP is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and you'll look, if you look through the spell list, I, I did this when I first was in a cleric and getting all my spells in order. I remember looking through, and it actually does do a really good job. There's only a few things that safe, like that are right on the line. Usually it's. No, no monetary thing, or it's 150. Or yeah, 1, it's 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 you know usually I mean? like, it's very whatever or a hundred plus. <laughs> yeah. So like or 25. Like high, you, know I mean? you need to have it, or it's like or it's, it's basically covered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, so the game does a pretty good job of that. Primar and her clone that she uses to live for you know two thousand years. That clone requires a thousand GP diamond. Uh, yeah. So the, and that gets consumed when you create the clone. I know. So we that's ran one thing that you have to remember in our campaign for diamond dust. I remember that was when we first Revivify. started. Out. Yeah, Revivify requires diamond dust. And I've noticed and that. Then we, uh, then we learned later on that that wasn't even true. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think that, I think you're right. I think it you're just right on 500 that. Five hundred diamonds. I don't know who came up with dust. But yeah, that was you, never and thing. you guys were trying to figure out for the longest time, can like, oh, we need to revive them. Can I smash can diamonds? I smash these diamonds. I mean, yes. yeah, you there can. Was, sure. There is a spell that requires diamond we dust. Have yet, we have yet to figure out what it was we were looking at at the time. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's a way that we can figure this out, but you know, it, it, it's. it's I, I've looked. I've looked. I can't remember what it was. Definitely something, something requires dust. diamond dust, yeah. but we definitely tried to create it in, in an instance. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, and then that kind of rolled into Revivify. So now you guys were like super on uh, having diamond dust for your Revivify. Right. Yeah. So well, it's a good thing I carry a hammer. You know. Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. A hammer of mending. Oh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it, it cracks. It shatters into dust and then reforms yeah. into a diamond. Yeah. It's a good hammer. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a very good point. I like that preparedness. I think is is key to any game. You know, not just D anD D, but if you're going to gather with other people, if you're not bringing your end to it, you really kind. It's a slap in the face to people who do. It's like if you take the time, and, and everyone else is taking their time, it really comes off bad on you if you're not taking the twenty minutes of prep time to just look over what you need for that night. 
Well, as weird as it sounds, it, it, you know, it, it's kind of like a homework assignment. Almost. Right? But it's so fast. I don't even know if, like... I mean, you can get your homework done in 20 minutes. Yeah. And it can, it can be passable. You it's know true. what I mean? So yeah, it's it, true. It, That's you a know, good point. It's kind of a homework assignment for the next, you know, yeah. for next week. And if it's a homework assignment that you've had repeatedly every week for, you know, yeah. a year, two it's years, six months, problem. whatever. It's yeah, it's, it's the same problem. <laughs> then you should know how to do it. Yeah, And does. if you, I mean, if you show up, like like one-shots, we, you know, you show up to a one-shot with mm. a new character, with a new set okay. of skills, okay. that's a little understandable that you have to work through things. Here's a, here's a question for you on one-shots. Uh, I, I do because I'm a spellcaster in the normal campaign. I look at material components all the time. If you're... Uh, specifically one shots i've stopped using casters because that is too much prep for something that's going to be for one night or two nights like i don't do spell casting one shots because i feel the amount of prep it takes to get it right for me because i want to make sure i have the right material components i want to make sure i have the right this and right that i know what these spells do to me for one night not worth it i'll be a fighter i'll be a barbarian i'll be a monk you know what i mean I, I think it depends. I, I think if you are... Have, do you have horror stories of being like on a one-shot, bringing in a wizard? You played a wizard in a one-shot before. Yeah. Did you look up material components for all the spells you were going to use? Or did you just like, eh, no, no one's, no one's going to call me out on I this. went into the one-shot <laughs> with an understanding of like, I don't think the material components are going to be something like, I don't think that's going to be a question. I think that's going to be Nobody's something that's a given. Yeah. I, I, take it the one DM who does call you out. I mean, and be like, oh, right, and that's that's kind of coming back to you know, it's all talking. Yeah, every I mean, this is a role playing game. You are, it requires you to talk to people, and you know, you have to talk to your DM. If you come into that one shot going, and they go, yeah, no, material components, forget about it, forget about it. Yeah, just Legend play whatever the fuck day. you want. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, if, and if I'm playing in a campaign that I've been playing in for years, and we're doing a one shot, and I'm yeah. familiar with that DM, and I can kind of, it's an understood that when I come it's in, it's a quick back and forth. Exactly. Hey, uh, I have the materials for this. Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. Done. Yeah. yeah there you go. That's a good way. That's Done. a good way. It's to do over. It. Yeah. But I think a lot of times, with especially with with higher level spells, is they make the component costs so high that you can't cast it multiple times. Even though you might have two level six spell slots, the material components to cast that spell are so outrageous. You know, like Legend Lore is a perfect example. It's it's, it's like fifteen hundred GP worth of ivory strips or something ridiculous. I think it's like like four to eight hundred something like that. Whatever, man, it's a lot. So it's the one lot. thing on that spell, that spell in particular, is yeah. with the ivory strips. I don't believe it consumes the ivory strips. I you, believe you just need them. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I I think once you once you have, I mean, that's a whole them, different thing of, of of consuming versus non-consuming. But you still need them because it's over fifty GP. Uh, correct. Yeah. So that's why I don't I don't one shot wizards. I don't one shot clerics. I don't one shot. It's just I'm a fighter, I'm a barbarian, I'm a monk, I'm a rogue. I don't know, yeah. but but have that conversation with your DM and say, That's true. "Hey, That's I'm, true. I like yeah. I, I want to play a wizard. I want I want to play a war maybe, wizard." Maybe it's the uh, I guess a little OCD in me. I, I just can't do it. It's too much. It's too much for one shots. You also have to like on one shots. You have to play for flavor. Like you, you, do. you can't you think do. of something. Yeah. You can't think of like. This is what I'll need on a daily basis. Yeah. And, you know, you got to go into a one shot with an idea of like, 
I want the I want this wizard to be an evocation wizard, and yeah. I want to do yeah. nothing but crazy damage Jeez. and start doing evocation Lucas. spells left and right. Lucas, man, evocation wizards. He's that goddamn evocation wizard. So many every times. every uh, opportunity <laughs> he think, gets. I think absolutely. he's on. I th- yeah, every time he can play <laughs> Adrix, time, yeah. his golden dragonborn his golden evocation dragonborn. wizard. He likes throwing that fireball and being able to. The DM go firebend. So it's gonna hit all of these people, and he's like, "Yeah, no, that's but not how this it? works." You know? Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. Well, no, I like it. I like preparedness. I think that's a really good. That's a very good trouble player. Somebody who would who would come like that. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the more common kind of situations that yeah, you run into. I see that. I bet you that comes up people at every don't. table. Yeah. And sometimes it's okay. You have a baby or some, you know, things come up. New players, yeah. I totally understand it. Oh, and it's like, hey, man. you know, we're going to help you get to where you need to be. Really but for at that the same first time. year. For that first year of a campaign, even if you're playing every week, like, good on you. Good on you if you know everything your character does for that first year. Because it is so many, like, how am I doing this? What I'm am I doing? still looking things up. I am up. flipping through that book. And I mean, we're yeah. on what, third, fourth year? And I'm well, yeah, flipping through approaching books four constantly. Years. Yeah. So yeah, you guys come up with stuff all the time, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, yeah. it works like that. Because remember when, yeah, luckily I have a computer right there, real quick, and I can go. Remember hey, when, uh, Jeremy Crawford on the internet, sage <laughs> advice. Tell me how D and D works. You remember uh, Lucas when he took uh, he dipped into Blood, Blood Hunter, Hunter, yeah, and he instantly was like, I now have dark vision. Yeah, and we were like, wait, like what? For a couple couple sessions. Yeah, we, we were like, yeah. Him. We believed him. Totally we, have dark vision. Yeah. 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 Oh, and I, okay. I, I, I kind Ooh, of... That's a cool thing. How'd you, cool. how'd you do that? I blame, I I blame yeah. myself a little bit as, yeah. as DM kind of going, okay, I glanced over the Bloodhunter stuff going, yeah. okay, yeah, cool. That's a thing. Oh, I remember I can see that you found... He, he had yeah. talked to me about wanting to be yeah. Bloodhunter, and I went, okay, cool. Yeah, you can do that. You found a book about how to do this ancient thing. Sure. And... Flavor was great. Yeah. And... And I never questioned him about dark vision. And, and then it, we found out turns like out that's a level twelve fifteen yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like no, yeah, as a human later on. Yeah. Yeah. You do not have uh, you know we would have to dark play for vision. Twenty years before you were able to see in the dark as exactly. a blood hunter cross class. Paladin. No, multi class. He would never yeah, get it. He, he was like eleven a level eleven paladin. Yep. Yeah. Isn't he like a 12-3 or 12-4 or something like that? Uh, yes. Might I be 11-5. Right yeah. That's a good cross-class. When he actually got it all figured out, it was really nice. He was able to cast cantrips. was the big deal. He's yeah. now a paladin who can do cantrips. Right. Exactly. Right. Eldritch Blast. Yep. Yeah. That's a, cool, that's a cool thing for paladins to be able to How do. often does he use it, though? Never. He never uses it. Yeah, you guys haven't really gotten into too many range, <laughs> but battles, he can. So. But he can't. It's can. an no. Option he just forgets for to do it. That's he does forget to oh do it though, and that's oh another God. thing is having to remind players that they can do things. It's another. So that kind of comes with your with your being prepared thing yeah. is, uh, you know, know your toolkit, ha- knowing your toolkit, know and tool not kit. having to remind other people that hey, you can do this. Remember, hey, you yeah. have advantage on that role. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's nice every now and again, but when people are consistently forgetting, you kind of gotta like, hey man, come on. Yeah. Well, Michael, what about you? What's uh, what's your big pet peeve? What is your uh, what's your coup d'état for for bad players? What's your what's your do not pass go? Uh, Stabbing the head with the ice ice pick would be the coup d'état. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Luckily, I have been graced with some very good players. Yeah. Um, and us. 
So that's not bad. Oh, right? <laughs> uh, like, who's he talking about? We're sitting here. <laughs> with, we're sitting here and with us. him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and you guys. And, and you guys. Yeah. So, no, we've not had too many issues. I would say, I mean, there. <sighs> what do you feel about phones? Oh, man. Like, I do a lot on my phone. You do, and that's it's, it's becoming. If you didn't know what I was thing. doing, it would you would look at me and be like, "He's not even paying attention." Exactly. If I didn't know, but like, I'm literally staring at character sheets and spell lists. Yeah, on between my phone. you, Andy, and Lucas, if I didn't know you guys were like looking at your character yeah. sheets on your phone, I would be upset. Yeah, I would think I get that you guys that. are all, few, on the phone the whole time. Yeah, there's been a but, few times where I'm like, I have to look like the biggest asshole. I'm just staring at the yep. screen for two yep. hours now. So I, I think I showed Lucas and Ross my when we were brewing earlier. I showed them my. Uh, on my phone, my character list, and yeah. it is huge. Huge. That's on my phone. I have yeah. to use that to reference. So when Absolutely. we do one shots, it's all on my phone. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, phones, phones. Phones at the table is a. They're integral now, though. Like because there nowadays, are character sheets. Yes. There are spell lists. Uh, we had a buddy Neil uh, come in recently, and he brought in spell cards. Which uh, Jeremy also used used to use spell cards. I, don't I, think he does I have a bunch. They're in that box I downstairs. I have some so. too. And they're great, but. It's so much nicer to have it on your phone. Because it really it's all is. in one spot. I all don't have to flip spot. through things. I, I can just it's search. It's alphabetical order. I can search. Yeah. Right. So so phone, phones are a big thing if you if your player's not using them for their character. Yeah. If they're using them to look up yeah. things, then you don't know if they're like, oh, here they are in the monster manual have on you, their phone. Have looking you ever things felt up. that maybe we weren't in it because everybody's staring at your phones? You said like you've looked across and seen Andy, Lucas, and me all like playing with our phones. No, if you I didn't know better. You you like. and Andy I know are looking at your characters. Yeah, yeah. Lucas might be checking recently might football. be checking fantasy football, <laughs> uh, losing you know losing some money there. So that's I've texted him about that, yeah. and that's so coming back to all of this is yeah. with problem people is you gotta you gotta talk to him about it, and I I have talked yeah. to him about it. Okay, so, so as a DM, is, and that, is since that a big he's not one? here, I can phones talk are, to him about it. Phones I can are pretty talk big. About it. Phones are a big thing. If you if your players are using them a lot and you don't know what they're doing on them, okay. it kind of takes away from the whole thing. Is it's a role playing game? It's yeah. a tabletop role playing game, and you're playing a role. You're talking with other people at the Lean table. In. Yeah. And uh, if you're sitting there on your phone, you're not, not engaging, yeah. you're not playing the role. Yeah. If that is your campaign, is purely we are here to do a tabletop strategy game doing battles all the time that might be fine. Yeah. But if you're if role playing is the, you know, part of your campaign, then talk to people about it because they're not going to be engaging. I, I do have a question that about that. That Ardmore is squeaky. That is a squeaky Ardmore. I, I do have a question about that though. Um say you're in a campaign and you want to strategize at the table without the DM knowing about it. You fuckers do that. We have done it. We have table done talk. it. Table yes. talk. But yeah. I mean, essentially, yeah. Like, Is that a pet peeve? No. You don't give a so, shit. Right? So the, I would say it comes back to... Is it a problem? Is yeah. it becoming? Is it interfering with a game? Yeah. Yeah. When you guys do it, it's specifically either you're doing your your character we, sheets on your phone, or you're talking to each other on the phone, or you're looking up spells. Oh no! Well, you're talking about cross table talk, though. I mean, like physically, like, hey, I, what do you I, got? What I, are you doing? No, not necessarily metagaming, but like, uh, I mean, when when I see an uh, when I see an opportunity to be like, hey, Velst, we should do this instead of like Ooh, saying out yeah. loud. 
like I whisper to Velst. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just kind of, it, it's easier for me to just kind of send oh, him a we, quick message yeah. and say, Do you like, notice we do that at all? I do sometimes. Do you? Just the way you guys might notice, like sneaky. when I, because I, cause I, as a DM, I do it. I text yeah. players quick, at the table notes. because they might notice something that no one else does. And I don't want to say, hey, yeah. everybody leave the table real quick. So you I can tell them one line. Of, remember when uh, you and I were were stolen, body snatched or whatever. Yeah. And, and we yeah. had to pretend to be the evil the people. The clones. The clones. Yeah, the evil clones. Yeah, right. clones. And quad. you did that all on phone. Yeah, I, I so I took you guys outside for like a five minute. Couple hey, seconds. this is yeah. this is you guys are stolen. You guys are playing yeah. evil. You're gonna play yourselves, but you're also gonna play your evil selves. So we had to literally navigate a battle from two sides. One side physically talking, what saying what we're gonna do. That was the evil clones, and then there was what our actual players were doing, and we had to do that all by phone, all saying what we rolled. We had to do like rolling in secret. We had to do. Yep. Uh, moving in secret, we had targeting in secret. Everything was in secret, done over the phone. But I don't think the rest of the the rest of the party they had an idea. They never picked it up. I don't think Ever. they. No, like, and, and it's and I because had notifications on my yep. phone was blowing up. Like Your phone Christmas was blowing Eve. up. <laughs> and <laughs> I think so. I think ding, Lucas might ding, have. Ding. Uh, he was getting a little annoyed at it. They had. To, I should have let them think. know that, or maybe let you know to turn your ringer yeah. off. But somebody. Should all have of said that was. <laughs> de- I thought that would have been a, like a <laughs> given. Honestly, that would have been one of those things. After the 80th notification, you think it would have gotten that? Hey, but at that point, I think it was hilarious. But so in defense, that was that was a DM fiat situation. Yeah. I knew what you guys were doing yeah. because I instigated it. Yeah. Uh, so and it was a great use of phones. Exactly. Wonderful it was. Use of phones. It was. Be, and no one else had any idea. Like no even idea. Lucas figured it out and then talked himself talked out of himself it. Himself out of it. Yeah. So so th- just to give a little more perspective, I play completely digitally. I Skype in. This is Ross. Uh, by the way, and I, yeah, I just, I Skype in, and so... You could see all these shenanigans on twitch.tv backslash the negotiators, all one word. Just plug it all. And so, you know, I have to, I have to get in there, and I have to communicate through phones. I have to send messages through phones to the DM that I don't yeah. want the whole party to hear. Yeah. Or that, you know, maybe if I am sending a message, then I do have to text players individually, so... And I yep. am mentally slow, so I need notifications on my phone. <laughs> Otherwise, I might not look at it. <laughs> yeah, if he doesn't hear the ding, ding, he doesn't yeah. know. I don't that know he needs to look, look at, at it. So you're, yeah. yeah, you're not a problem player. No. It's just it's it's uh it's what you're doing. So even though you guys have your phones out, you are still engaged in what's going on. Absolutely. It becomes a problem when you you become not engaged in what's happening. Okay, so if it's not engagement, if it's not phones, what is what is your uh, what's what's your big pet peeve? What is so your my, thing that may, my, may not be us particular in our group, but if if this came across, it would really grind your gears. So my pet peeve is not is players not fitting. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Not fitting into the situation. Okay. So we've done one shots, and it's pretty much understood. And I think we've kind of talked about this before as a group that one shots are be silly. Anything goes. You can be silly. You can do whatever you want. We've yeah. had uh, we've had La Chupacabra, the the monk, the monk that runs around with, with a the, cod piece. Yeah, yeah. We've uh, had Ron we've had, Burgundy. Yeah, know, we've had like, Ron Burgundy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've had Donald, Donald Trunk. Trunk. Yeah, Donald one. Trunk and Bernie Sanders, the gnome evocation yeah. wizard. 
Oh, uh, so we've that had, you know, that was a great one shot. That was that was that was, that was the chase the goat one shot. I like that. We've had Steve and Stu. We've had Steve and Stu. Yeah, it was actually just one character. But yep. when oh, I yeah, rolled yeah, greatly, yeah, it was yeah, Steve, yeah, and yeah. when yeah. I rolled poorly, it was Stu. So, so yeah, yeah. So fitting those one shot, that's fine. That's understood in our group that. Uh, you know, one shots are just kind of an anything goes kind of thing. But in a campaign, uh, but in a campaign, about, when yeah. you start going crazy, uh, when and when if someone joins and they haven't talked to anybody about it and they try and make a, you know, an off the wall character in against a serious type. campaign against type. Exactly. If you're coming into Barovia read, and read you're making room. a, you know, you're making a My Little Pony and you're trying to bring it into Barovia, that's not really going to yeah. work. If everyone yeah. else is. You know, super grim, dark. I am Van Helsing right. here to kill vampires. Hi, I'm Rainbow Dash. Uh, it, yeah, it's just not going to work. That would bother work. me too. I agree. Yeah. That would really bother me. And yeah, so th- that's and that that's a big th- that kind of the base issue for that is communication. Yeah, absolutely. So, and what do you think? Uh, you think you could hash these all out in a session zero or, or exactly or? session okay. zero is a big thing. That's a big is kind of hashing everything out. I know for for our next campaign. We've had about twelve session zeros Jesus, already. So We're still going to have zeros. a few more. Yeah, like, yeah we are going to have a few more. That, but that, to be fair, one. I want to call them session zeros because we've been building the world. Yeah, session zeros that definitely the way to hash out a lot of these, and then kind of rounding back to Tasha's. They do have a section here in the DM section uh, called Social Contract, where they talk about the social contract between you as players. Yeah. And, it, and that doesn't necessarily mean like an actual written contract. No, no. This is this is an it basically unwritten, just says just talk, a this is a it. you know a gentle person's agreement yeah. of how things are going to go down. Well, so so real quick, I do have a question. Like, what do you do if you have somebody who's not going to budge on their playstyle? That's what I was going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. What if somebody really enjoys you know the, making other people uncomfortable? Yeah, they like that. How do you how do no. you handle that? What do you do like which you could totally run into in a game like D and D? Like there's oh, definitely can't. those people. Uh, so <laughs> I will speak. Especially if you're playing on like a roll twenty, not yeah, you know where yeah. you know adventure league. So you know yeah. completely random people that are just trying to make other people uncomfortable. Where you know how do you have that conversation? Or like I said, we've, we've have been uh, we have been uh, blessed with having you guys as you know cool people. Uh, I will speak for uh, Jeremy and I, Marcon in the Negotiators campaign. You ran into this though with, and with Jeremy in Adventure League, right? Je- Wasn't me, there so it was me, there? Jeremy, and David, our previous DM. Yeah, ran into this in, in Adventure League where there was one guy that he his whole thing was he didn't care how anybody else felt. He played a originally played a dwarf and he played the over the top always drunk yeah uh he which has a place people up it has, has a, place. a place it has a place I, but I he played immediately it hate it he played it so over the top he kind of the way he talked he was yelling at the table he was doing all uh, kinds of people kind of got a little eh about it yeah well then his character died <laughs> so then he made the an exact copy of it that was a rogue yeah. and he ended up landfill too in landfill two, he made a landfill two that was a rogue. Just call me a landfill. And me he landfill. shot another player yeah. character's hand. Another player character. We were in a forest, yeah. and the player, the person's character was reaching out to like skin an elk or something. And he's like, "My character doesn't like. He's taking his loot, so he's gonna shoot his hand Duh, to the Jesus. you know with his crossbow and pin it to the deer." And everyone at the table Ugh. stopped and looked at him, 
And we're like, what the hell, dude? dude. And he just, that was the least of what he did. He just started ramping up from there and there. And it was, it honestly felt like it was to get a rise out yeah, of people. That's what it sounds like. So was and, that the first time when he, when he pinned somebody's hand to the deer? Was like, was, was that the first time it happened? Or was that, that, was, that was like the first time that he crossed a line pretty much. Everything like else was, collective everything else was <laughs> annoying. Yeah. You, can th- you can hear everybody can hear eye rolling. Eye exactly. Yeah. So it was, everything else was kind of like, he was he was towing the line of okay. upsetting other people, and then when he blatantly took an action against another player character, is when everyone else at the table was like, "Are you kidding me?" And the DM was kind of like, "Okay, I'm gonna allow it, but I'm just gonna let you know, don't keep yeah. this up." Well, he kept it up, and that adventure league campaign ended up falling through. The DM didn't like DMing for him specifically. It can ruin uh, an entire campaign. It did. It ruined Adventure League. They don't run Adventure League yeah. at that comic store yeah. anymore. We talk uh, we talk after about that these things apart. as pet peeves or something that irks you, but they could literally be like campaign ending. They can be. Yeah. Uh and they can be they can kill a campaign before yeah. it starts. Yeah. So, so uh, just just real quick, um, did anybody find it funny that it was the first happening, the first instance, like that he pinned somebody like that? Like so oh, the, like the, was he playing off of that? Right. Like, did he see somebody laugh once and he's like, "Now it's my shtick. That's what I do." No. Well, the, so the, the not pro- necessarily that that's not really like I don't know if if he got one kind of like chuckle out of it, yeah. then it, for him total worth, right? Yeah, I can see that. So yeah. you know, and maybe it was the first time that he had done something like that against a player character, but it was not. Okay, so like we have run on yeah. things in our campaign a lot. Yeah, that, so he was yeah. uh, the, right, the way right. I understood it is there was an adventure league before that. Like, so this was when Storm King's Thunder came out. Yeah, this was the adventure league for that. Uh, apparently, he was known from the adventure league before this season before that to oh, kind of like, hey, what a reputation! Uh, watch I mean, out, you have for this a guy. reputation. Yeah. You know, I like, would hate to have that reputation. Yeah, no, it was it was bad. So yeah. it was. And no one laughed. No, when he did it, it wasn't like a you know one person was like ha ha ha, and it wasn't everybody was like kind of jokingly laughing at it. It was literally as soon as he did it, six other people at the table looked at him like, "What the fuck, man?" Okay, well, so, I mean that brings so up an interesting thing about uh, if, if there's a reputation behind it, then yeah. then yeah, that that is something that is a little yeah. bit more you know you know cringeworthy, if you will. And that's I, I actually applaud that DM for at the table went no fine. That happens this time, but this is not going any further. Wow. What about like uh, conflicting alignments? Um, say you have a rogue who's chaotic neutral, you know, and you have the rest of that's the party. That's what he was. Was it? He was. Yeah. That was the problem. Is he said he, that that's what my character would do. I mean, so yeah. after that we're incident, talking, in the creation we were talking about the the alignment, alignment table. Yeah. yeah. So he was. That's what my character would do. Well, what people call that is lawful stupid. Is okay. that's yes, that's what your character would do. The rest of the group, what their characters yeah. would do is murder that person. Yeah. <laughs> More They're than also, likely. Yeah. I mean it's a group mentality, right? Exactly. Yeah. So uh you kind of run into you run Rod into mentality. Thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, this brings up an interesting thing. Uh, this is where an instance where I changed the way I do things is because there was one time we were playing recently where uh Velst was, I guess, getting into uh, maybe one too many scraps in a bar, you know. And I noticed the eye roll from Andy, 
saying that like, of course, this is another Vels is again gonna get in an altercation. Right. And, and I took that to heart and I was like, oh no, 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 no. I gotta I gotta reel this in. Let before, me let me change this yeah, up real quick. Before yeah. this becomes a problem, now it's Vels is like, I will not get in an altercation. Yeah, you so that yeah. was that was uh you as the player realizing that yeah. okay, we're it getting in we're becoming an getting issue. into territory that we're Velst is like gonna kill everybody every yeah. time we run into every a bar. It's time. gonna be become a yeah. problem. So you realize it was a problem, and yeah. then you realize that your character probably yeah. realizes that's an issue. So he would change his behavior. Yeah. So I do kind of want to piggyback off this idea and say, what if somebody isn't picking up those those social cues like from other players? Bad at reading a room. Yeah. yeah. What 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 if like there's an is there a way that to subtly can, do it to well. Yeah, yeah. There, there's an event that consistently happens, and the rest of the party kind of starts to roll their eyes, and it's like, Is but, there a way to but that it? person doesn't see the eye rolls, yeah. and it yeah. like either chooses not to see them or really doesn't see them. That's yeah. a this this comes back to it's it's uh, this is a role playing game. It's all based around talking, so yeah. you are you have to talk to that person like they. Somebody has to do it. If, somebody does. And that's kind yeah. of the problem is everyone assumes somebody else is going to do it. Yeah. And that it ends up falling on the DM. You are, as a DM, you are the leader of the group. Like it or not. Arbiter. You're the arbiter yeah. of everything that you're happens. You're the arbiter. Because Absolutely. it even says in the books, you are God. Yeah. So yeah. that's you're, not just the what rules. What you say goes. What happens yeah. at the table is also your responsibility. Yeah. So you have to see in those eye rolls. out of game. In game or out of game, yeah. so you have to see those eye rolls. And if nobody's talking to you about it, they're probably not talking to that player about it. You got so then any you tips have or tricks for DMs to maybe be say something that's out of game? Is there a way to like subtly hint in game that maybe you know you need to not pick a fight, you know, or maybe you shouldn't? Uh, hey, don't go into that magic shop. You don't yeah, need to go into exactly. Like maybe you should stay outside, bud. Yeah. The, yeah, the you don't want to go into the area. The guards are seven feet tall and yeah. super buff. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to go the the, the collegium or the the yeah. magic school here. You don't need to do that right now. Like, yeah. is there a way yeah. to say that safely? Oof. I've, I don't know. You have to skirt around that because yeah. I have found out that challenge. describing certain <laughs> ways comes off as a challenge, yeah. or you say somebody's too pretty, yeah. and then people Ugh. want to kill your character. You know, it well, happens. So, uh, but no, it's if, if so, something like that happens, we're you realize something's happening, and every you see the eye rolls. Then you, as the DM, kind of, if no one said anything to you, they probably haven't said anything to the person. It comes to you to kind of take them off to the side and say, "Hey, you know, maybe." So this is I, I've seen people reacting this way. Oof. Yeah, but, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't I, I, I think no, that, I had to burp. No, no, uh, I'm sorry. I, I just want to say, like, I feel like that could bring a feeling of resentment, and people and it may could. not want to play it. It could. So, if you're pointing out, you know, not necessarily shortcomings, but just you know, different areas that people can improve in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and no offense, D and D is kind of a nerdy game. You're gonna get kind of socially awkward people who play it to be. You and know. they criticize and they kind of critique yeah. every single, you know. You have to be a little. So afraid. yeah, there, there's that where people, you know, they want to critique everything, but yeah. then you'll also get the opposite end of the spectrum where people don't like being critiqued. So I could see some people yeah. where you tell them, "Hey, Oof. hey, I, you know, That's a this thin line. this thing you're doing, people aren't really responding well Oof. to that. So maybe maybe try something different. They might may not take yeah. well to that." 
and it's it's kind of a you've informed them of it, and it's making the problem known. And the problem's known now. It's yeah. it's up to them. You can try and curb the behavior. You can try and steer them away from situations where that doesn't happen anymore. Was that trouble player in Adventure League booted? Did you? Did he? He was he not. We had DM one more session said after he's that. Not DMing. We had one more session oh, after okay. that, and then after that, it was. Pff, I mean, done. that's the that's the finale, right? Is if if all else fails, it does destroy the campaign. Yeah. You have to it, so kick them out and start over. So it destroyed. It, it ended, and that's how me, David, and Jeremy ended up creating our our homebrew campaign. Hey, look at that. So really, we went. Hey, that problem player is what started all of this. Exactly. So, so, so five people good. treasure from trash, yeah. right? So, so it was Sounds out to me like of, he was a great player. <laughs> so out of so we had the DM who dropped the campaign, and after that, it kind of finished. We had the problem player, and then outside of the problem player, there was, uh, let's see, uh, there were six other people besides the problem player. Yeah, five of those six, me, Jeremy, David. Uh, there was two other guys. Uh, we were like, hey. We like playing D and D. Let's start uh, like a home campaign. Let's play right. at somebody's house. Yeah, and we started playing. Uh, two of the other guys, the two of the other guys, ended up dropping out because they had other commitments. Oh, I was gonna say I have no idea who those two people. Never so, met them. We never yeah. met them. That was uh, one of them. One of them before we actually like, started. Yeah, I'll play. No, no, I won't. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so we ended up before we day. started the homebrew campaign. <laughs> uh, we were playing board games together, and one of those oh, okay. guys. Kind of showed that okay, uh, he he kind of talked about some very personal things that you probably shouldn't talk about. Person like super personal. Valtrex. Uh, no, he and he uh, we ended up probably after a little bit of liquid imbibement, uh, started talking about some things, and he asked some very personal questions, oof, oof. and. I think after that, he kind of felt that that was kind of off limits. He kind of dropped off after that. Uh, our campaign then started with David as the DM. Yep. Me, Jeremy, and Michael. There was another Michael. Oh, shit. And he was a sorcerer. Mike, too. Yeah. too. Absorbed uh, in the He womb. played one. And then after <laughs> that campaign, he uh, real life got in the way. He just oh. dropped off. Oh, God. And you know, that's kind of, it's not a pet peeve. Like I get that real life gets in the way, but oh my! To imagine all the games, all the campaigns that have ended because one or two people have had shit come up, you know. Like we, we, I'm very lucky that our campaign has worked around a lot of real life incidences. Oh yeah, we've we've had we've we've had all kinds of stuff. We have a lot of people that are very committed to playing this game. Yeah, and we found a group that is equally as committed, and everybody has a great time when playing. Yeah, and you know, even though there are times where one person can't be there, mm-hmm. everybody else still wants to play and still wants to. You know, it's not. I like, think it's oh, great well, because this, we this has gone to we've hell. Created a, uh, I guess it's a tradition. If somebody can't make it, it's one shot night, right? Yep. You know, and that's those, exactly what right. it is. And those are just as fun as the campaign because you get to just go crazy. They can sometimes be, you know, no offense, but they can be a little more fun because you're yeah. just, you're stepping out. Air. Yeah, you're you're doing something that you haven't yeah. been doing or you haven't tried to do yeah. yet. Yeah, I can see that because you've, you've been playing the same character for three, almost yeah. four years and you're stepping out into something else, something new. Yeah. 
You know, and normally I'm a fighter, and then yeah. on these one shots, I get to be a, a forge cleric, or I get to right. be a you know a, a ancestral guardian barbarian. Also, our our you know? campaign can be fairly serious. We do like we do have you know some joke moments, yeah. like people, uh, you know, mind controlling and getting themselves a meat pie empire. Uh, but it's it's fairly serious, whereas one shots allow yeah. a break from the you know kind of the seriousness. We have yeah. you know we have the silly Dolumbo, we have Donald Trunk, we have Bernie Bernie Sanders. Yeah, well that's good. I mean La that's Trupa great. I, I think that's a great way. Also, if you have a problem player, you know, throw a couple one shots. See, put him in a different situation. You know, bring up something different. Tell him he's got to play a different way. You know, for exactly. different. So one shots, I think, are a great way to maybe solve the issue without making an awkward. Kind of need to change. Let them use up all that awkward yeah, in one yeah, one shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of gear that one shot towards that awkward feel. Absolutely. And like make it part of the narrative. Yeah. Yep. That's actually a really good way to stop that. Exactly. Now that I yeah. Think about it. That's. Hey, you know, let it like like. Hey, you just let it out in this one yeah. thing. <laughs> Get your rape on. Go. Oh no. Yeah. But you <laughs> would have all willing willing participants. Yeah, you would have to talk to the other people in the group beforehand, but like, hey, this one shot is gonna be super weird. You you're gonna have to sew those oats. Go. So yeah, when, when I took when I took good. over this campaign. Yeah. Uh, we had point, David. Right? <laughs> David was transitioning to being a player because he just didn't yeah. have enough time to DM anymore. And so, that goes back on your uh, pet peeve of preparedness. When the DM's not prepared, it, it shows. Oh, oh man. Yeah. It's noticeable. Yeah, it's definitely. noticeable when the DM doesn't know where to go next. Yeah. yeah. When it's, okay, guys, I hope to God you just kind of dick around in this town for a few more days. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten that. I, I, I've hey, run into that, that a few though. times, yeah. but I... I mean, four I years. know the whole story of everything. It's four just I don't know the specifics of maybe some parts, yeah. but yeah, when I took over, there's going to be days. He was coming back. Uh, he was co- transitioning to a player, and he should have known the kind of like the tone of the campaign. He, it was more serious and all of that. And the first time he texted me about his character was <laughs> uh, his character was wearing. Two sizes, too small, pressed white shirt, later hosen, ah. completely clean and groomed barber, uh, dwarven you, barbarian. I love you. He David. was thinking about That's it before. He oh, yeah. It was great. I was like, it. look, I love this character. Ah, it's so good. It's, it's awesome. So good. I love Teddy, but. It's so good. But. Tony it down. does not fit into the campaign. You literally man. built us into yeah. this. Like you're here, I need you. You're at like an eleven. Yeah. I need you. At like you're a four. at this level. I need you <laughs> down here. Like you, I don't need you at this level. I need you at down, down a little. And bit. like he knows what it. he's handing to you, right? When Absolutely. he's like creating yeah. this character to just totally like exactly. So we had just throw come, you a curveball right yeah. on your first day. Day one. Day yeah. one. <laughs> it was day one, and it was a. My clothes uh, it don't was. Fit. It was one of those things that was. I'm a barbarian. I don't like being. I don't he like sent being me clothed. pictures you know of what, what I mean? he wanted. He sent me pictures of what he wanted with the two sizes, two small shirt, laser, later hosing. And Are I was hand like, drawings or are these like examples from magazines? No, oh no, knowing, he, he knowing searched him. It was probably hand drawn. No, he searched it up. But I was like, look, he got man, his girlfriend to do it. Look, man, look. You know we what you, you sent us? We, we literally you, just shit. we committed shit. regicide. We killed. Like these characters, you guys just decapitated two kings. Yeah. yeah. The twin brothers of Narius. And you yeah. want to make a character who's just, 
I understand. He like he the, his backstory. He's a his jokey backstory guy. was cool. It's just his jokey the man. air about him was jokey, and I was like, okay, cool. Look, man, it doesn't really fit the tone. So here's what we're gonna do. And then I ended up working on him. Yeah. So Teddy ended up being greased up deaf guy. <laughs> he was no, but so but could actually hear. But could actually hear. Yes. No. He he <laughs> just ended the up greased up guy. Just the greased up guy. <laughs> oh god, no. No, he. I mean, he was naked a lot, a lot, uh, and that was that comes down to a player. And it was that's a dwarven barbarian thing, though. It I was, feel like that's a trope. It, it started off as a like when he started doing it. I was like, oh god, we talked about this, David. But then you it guys kind of it, it kind of worked into yeah. the campaign. We yeah. kind of felt it out a it little bit. It was fine. Well, I so. mean, think about it, you know the El La Chupacabra, right? Yeah. Always El had La, it's better than El La, La Chupacabra. Yeah, yeah, it's better than having a diamond cod piece. Yes. Yeah. I mean that you know that also was just, a great character. That was yeah, just that, something the, that he uh, was yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. And that was a one shot though. Those so that was that was anything goes. That, that was, was expected. A, that was expected. Yes. He shines at the one shots. He no, does. He, he was great at the one shots. Yeah. I'm yes. like you know no shade. He does yeah. shine. I miss his one shot characters. Yeah, for sure. So, but no, I I talked to him about like he presented that to me and I went okay, come in. I like this. I like where you're going. Yeah. Just maybe however, tone it down. Right. However, let's let me give you some notes about it. And that's as so that's from me as a DM. I would say as a player, maybe be open to interpretation from the DM. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the DM is the one who says, This is the way everything is going. The arbiter. Yeah. The arbiter. Yeah. yeah. And well, and just think about like the other people that you're in a campaign with, right? Like Think about how they're going to react. Yeah. Think about how you would react if you had to deal with that same situation. Mm, I, see, the only problem I have with that is if you're willing to be that awkward person at the table, you probably don't know you're the awkward person at the table. Right. Okay, that's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> There are times where I feel like I am the awkward person at the table, but it's clearly not me. And It's like, yeah. that's actually kind of a sound idea, but... Yeah. I feel like I'm the awkward person at the table. Is it one of those things where, like, if you can't spot the sucker, you're the sucker? I think so. Yeah, it could. It could very well <laughs> be. So. Like, yeah, if if you're thinking about something, going maybe this is too far, and no one else is saying anything, it's too far. Listen to that voice in your head. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's. But how do you know it's unless far. you say it out loud and you're like, "Well, these well, were gra- these see, were great uh, pet peeves. These are great issues. Yeah. I think we come up with uh, great ways to discuss them. You have the session zeros. You have the uh, discussions with the DM. The DM is the arbiter, end all, be all of everything. Run it by your DM if you're trying to like change things. One of the good things that uh, Tasha brings out is it does discuss. Hard limits and soft limits. Oh, that's an and interesting idea. It, so, a uh, soft limit is something you're kind of uncomfortable with. You don't really want to talk about it, but you're not going to be super upset. But if you're it's, fine with it. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Or, or it's it'll make you a little uncomfortable, but it's not a deal breaker. Like hard, the greased up naked dwarf. Barbarian. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like kind of like a that. Hard limit. It'll, but come on. Yeah. Uh, whereas a hard limit is like, you know, I don't want to discuss, I don't want to discuss rape. I don't want to discuss, um, you know, torture. I don't want to discuss anything like that. Like creepy if you, stuff. If like you talk about it, or something. exactly. Yeah, don't talk about Jesus. it. That's a deal yeah, breaker. Deal breaker. Man. Uh, so that would be a hard limit. And the, what it discusses in Tasha's is as with everything, talk with everybody else, yeah. talk with the people either in a session zero or yeah. in a group text message, just say, hey, 
And if you and if you're uncomfortable with sharing it, it does actually suggest kind of talking with the DM or writing it out, writing it out on yeah. anonymous note cards. Everyone hands it to the DM for hard lit- limits. You're talking hard about? and soft. Oh, for hard and soft. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, one of the things it suggests is everyone writing anonymously on a note card like a what your soft and hard limits are. Box. Exactly, okay. like yeah. a suggestion box, and then the DM can read it, and then the DM will know. Okay, well, I'm steer these. Yeah, yeah. So some people's soft limit might be a hard limit for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, whereas someone's hard limit might be a you know or you know vice versa. That's good. I like that. So because uh, so, like, I know it boils down to you know essentially talk to your DM, talk to your DM. whether exactly. or not it's anonymous uh, you know anonymous or not. Like, right. Talk yeah. to your DM. Yeah, and you, maybe you could ask your DM like you know if you're uncomfortable bringing that with a person, yeah. they'll be like, hey, yeah. can you like. You know, let's let's have a everybody get together and list their limits on a card, like with no no names on it, yeah. and we'll list them out so you know what people are uncomfortable with. I uh, like it. Yeah, and you can set that out because I know we had um, it was kind of mid campaign when we first started, where uh, Avalith, Andy's character, she was in a bar and oh, she was talking yeah, to a yeah, pirate, yeah, 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 and yeah. the pirate got like I my character handsy. nowhere yeah. nowhere had walked up with her. And he got a little, the uh, you know he got a little like forward. Hey, yeah, he got a little forward. He got with a little her. forward, and she played it very well. As she like did being, she played it as dumb as naive. Yeah, she, naive, yeah. she which was didn't, probably hard to do considering her character is like eighty years old. She probably exactly. exactly well, she's doing. A, she's a hundred and something. So, yeah. but she's an elf, so that may not have been a thing in her yeah, like where maybe, she's from. Maybe. Whereas my character. Nowhere, nowhere was from a city. Nowhere was nineteen, and he knew exactly what that guy was talking yeah. about. And he was ready to punch his head off. So yeah. there, there for me, there is you know kind of an underlying like, did did the actual player pick up on that? Mm-hmm. And 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 it's possible that they didn't pick up on you know the innuendos and the things that were being thrown right. around. So, but other people did, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, I got a good chuckle out of it. I'm not going to lie about that. I got a good chuckle, but at the same time, it's like she played dumb very well, but she did. at the same time, like did she understand what was going on and still play dumb like just because that's what the player would have done, right? Or that's what the character right. would have done. Or maybe done. that right. was her way of being like, "Please don't like Right. I want this to stop. Maybe so I, I'm going to play dumb. It could have been. I don't want to yeah. continue I this. I hope you pick up on these clues of like I'm not I'm not playing along. Right, yeah, and and that would be a knowing your players kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. and I think yeah. it was kind of, eh, I think it was borderline between knowing that, I think she was playing naive on purpose, yeah. and then kind of after it went on a little too long, realizing that okay, we're just going to get this we're, over yeah, with, kind of thing, yeah. right? Because uh, she's not a dumb player; she's not, no, a, you know, no. not not by any stretch of the imagination. Like she's, right. her character, but she played either. dumb very, very well yeah. in that aspect. Exactly, yeah. And it was, and it kind of like eventually got the point across that let's just this is move done. On. Like yeah, let's move on to the next one. Yeah. And that's kind of uh, like when I was DMing, and she got captured by mind flayers, and she yeah. got taken. She was going to be tortured. <laughs> I feel like everything bad happens to Avalon. It a does. Lot, it does. And it was bad. It could have very well been. She was the one person that that thing grappled and took off. It, it could was. have been Vels. Exactly, it could yeah, have it been. Just so happened. To yeah. Be yeah. She also has the least strength out of everyone. Yeah. Um, so they took her off, and I was, and then I was I, forced. I find that hard to believe. I have, a, I have an eight. I you have an eight, eight? In strength. Yeah. Oh wow. Do you really? You might be tied with Avalith. Oh my god. Well, I mean, I was a gnome, so uh, that's true. 
So, but no, at the so she got taken. She was captured by mind flayers, and I was as a DM, I was forced to kind of come to a a torture. Yeah, I was like, they yeah. are they as mind flayers are going to torture her. Going to torture. How her. am I going to handle this? Am yeah. I going to That's explain touchy. everything? No. Am I going to I just fade no. to black? No, you make Am it vague. I going you to make it vague. exactly? Fade and I to think, black, I think that's kind of what I try to do. Is I explain that yeah. they had her held down, they yeah. had her strapped to a chair, and, and they have they away. so the mind flayers have very specific ways they they do things. They are very clean about things, so they were going to shave her head, and they were in the process of doing that when you guys broke in. So yeah. I kind of like. They're gonna, you know, they take a razor out and they hold it up to you, and they're, you know, oh, so I she, feel like she you, was never really tortured. Yeah, you guys were like, no, we didn't. What we the fuck? I mean, we saved her before she was actually. You saved tortured. her pretty quick, but she was kind of like she was still in a cell. She was still, you know, kind of like you know handled not very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then well, she I was brought she was in tortured, so that might change the way I treat her. In real life. <laughs> 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 no, she was she was right. I just got a haircut. Yeah, no, she <laughs> got she wrong, got a hair. She was she like. was she was beaten up. She was you know kind of you know beaten up, thrown in a cell, tossed around, knocked around, kind of thing. And it was a, I'm not going to describe them beating her nice. up and trying yeah, to get smart. answers out of that's her. Smart. It was a, what are you guys doing to get her back, kind yeah. of thing. Right. You know, we're gonna leave this to the you, imagination. You, you put the onus on the players yeah. to exactly to, interrupt to, it. to solve and, the situation. Yeah, and how are you know whatever you guys think is happening to her, like is probably worse than what's you know, actually going yeah what's yeah. actually going on. Well, it's yeah, good. That's, and, that's and, great. And, and the, I mean, it ended up being, and I talked to her about that. Like, I I texted her about it. I was like, hey, you are captured by mind flares. They have a specific way of doing things. They're going to. This you know, the, shave you. They're yeah. gonna shave you, and yeah. you guys interrupted when they were shaving her head. So she ended up having a mohawk, and she was she was like, that's "Oh yeah, cool, totally. That's a cool touch. Totally. Yeah, yeah." Ablith was not super thrilled about it, but Andy herself was like, "Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool." All right, well, that's great. I think we uh, we think we touched on that a lot. Problem players, problem DMs, uh, how to solve these problems. I think it's a a great way to have those session zeros, those hard soft limits that's in Tasha's. I think that's a great social contract kind of aspect to it. So why don't we just go ahead and move on now to our final topic of the character creation challenge for next week. Uh, Lucas isn't here right now. So Ross, you're going to be taking the challenge for him. Uh, you can text him your, your yeah. character. You could give him an idea. Oh, oh, that's so. Is that a no way? I'm gonna lose that gives Justin a a handicap. So Justin's playing with a handicap and hoping to win. (laughs) I don't, I don't think Lucas and I are very different minded, but at the same time, I can give him one idea and he's gonna go, he's gonna completely sideways with it. So, uh, I actually like, I'm looking forward to this because I'm gonna text Lucas and be like. Hey, man. Here's the challenge. Let's do this. Yeah, sure. I'm up for it. Hey. Use this idea and go. Yeah. And, yeah. and then he's going to take lose, it. Because uh, there's no way I'm going to lose three weeks in a row. <laughs> oh, oh man. God, please it depend, no. It depends on the challenge. Please, God, no. <laughs> if, this is a, like a, if this is a dual win for me and him. Like, so, so listeners out there in the campground, they're, they're, I just got a brand new puppy. My oh, you're blaming active. the puppy. I'm going to blame the you're puppy. He's blame, blaming the puppy that he stepped puppy. on. Yeah. The puppy almost died. It no, was it wasn't even close. It was horrible. 
It did not happen the way it's, it sounds. It's like, it's like new parents with a new baby. Like uh. first, the first baby. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I it's think I good. killed it. Not good. You know, the weird part is, is like, technically, he's had, you know, this kind of baby before, right? Yeah. Like, he's yeah, had, had a, a dog had before. A before yeah. Oh, I treated that puppy horribly. No, Poor you Alexis. didn't. No, Poor you Alexis. didn't. No, you didn't. She learned. <laughs> yeah, she she gonna learn today. <laughs> well, you know, she did. She she learned that day. So, we got this challenge coming up. Uh, Lucas is in here. He's going to be uh, one half of the challenge. Justin, me, I'm going to be the other half. Uh, current winner, Michael. What do you got? What's your challenge? Lay it out. What do you got? We got rules now. Yeah, no, we definitely no got rules. Two characters. No. That's oh, bullshit. Lucas no. needs to be made aware yeah. of these rules. Yeah, new yeah. rule, Lucas. Yeah, we need to talk one about that character. No more. We're not going to populate a town. Yeah, no more getting <laughs> getting ideas for the next this week's character. We're not going to give you any more ideas for villains that we're going to run yeah. into to kill us. Uh, by the way, both the characters from my uh, idea are vulnerable to all damage from noble human bards. Yeah. Bard vulnerabilities. Exactly. Oh, fucking bards. <laughs> fucking bards. That's just so my character in the next campaign can fuck him up. Uh, oh, that's weird. Are you? Ha- do you happen to be noble? Right. <laughs> Why, yes, I do. Oh, oh, all right. Oh, I mean, my God, I did no. not see your monocle on. Yeah. <laughs> Skinwalker. I take, yeah. Noble Skin- bards. <laughs> Point that she'll kill Some, herself somehow she takes one. double damage just yeah. because she knows you're a bard from a noble family. <laughs> somehow fails like uh, all you know saving throws whenever a noble bard casts a spell on them. So for this have? for this challenge, we are going to make seven characters. You have to populate an entire town. Uh, yes, I need you to populate need populate you to build a, family. a small <laughs> hamlet. They all have to be extended family. Now we are going to do a level. You know what? I I liked it when we ran it. We're gonna do top level, level twenty. One Oof. one character. Oof. Okay. Okay. Level one 20. character, and they in-game are. Shit. This is in game. So you are going to make a character that is ascending to godhood at the end of the campaign. Oh, okay. An ascension character. Yes. Either they are so badass at fighting that some god wants them to be, you know, they could be a demigod, they could be a god, they could be whatever. But they are preparing at the end of the campaign, level 20, for godhood. What's that story is what you're asking for. Exactly, yes. I like it. I like it. You want the story or you want like an actual character? Well, the actual character, but I mean, that's the point is that they're a level 20 ascending to godhood. What is that story of that? Like, what are the things that led up to it? What are the things they got? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So that's it. So you're just going to hand this to Lucas on the silver platter. Right. (laughs) Because Lucas is all about backstory and I can give him, I can can give him a level 20. I can give him a level 20 character. It doesn't matter what class it is. He's going to create a backstory that is just going to blow his out of the water. No, I'm not no gonna, way. Like, I got this. Are you... Well, I'm, I'm amazing. I'm a creative writer. I can do all this. All right. You're 0-2. Come on. Two. I'm, I'm just saying. There's no way His imagination is so great that I like it puts mine to shame. Yeah. Like, I He's look, good. Uh, He's good at this. This I, is the, the underdog advantage, yeah. campers. Yeah. You better be rooting for Justin. On Root for one. Justin. There's no way he can lose three times. There's no way, right? Like it's just wait. Impossible. What's the what's the maximum that the we're going to do? Third times the What's the, what's the maximum losing streak? Is three. three, three, no two, two is the maximum. 
Because I'm not going to be a three. It's not going to be a three. Oh, well, you've already admitted defeat. <laughs> you've already no, been like three. Challenge. Three's, 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 I like the, uh, three's a good limit. I, I like that challenge. It's really good. Uh, I'm a big fan of Pantheons and, and, and Ascensions, and we'll, we'll be great. We'll do good. Yep. Why Why so, are you ascending the Godhood? Yeah. Just to, I mean, Marshall, like Marshall class or... No, like it, does, it does not matter. I kind of, I, I threw that out as an idea. Some crazy shit you could happens. be, you could yeah. be crazy the fightiest fighter that ever fighted. And yeah. that's the reason you are becoming a God. Yeah. Because... You're that good. You are that good. Yeah. You are that goddamn good. You could also be the most intelligent wizard... That ever spun spells like twenty, you are smarter than everyone in the world, and you just thought yourself into are, divinity. Yeah, are there magic items? You've accidentally that used increase your intelligence too many times. Twenty, yeah. Now you just happen to be yeah. in the realm of gods. Your, your third, your third <laughs> use of wish. The gods are getting tired of it. Yeah, they're like, like, fuck you. I think just that would be more of a wisdom yeah. thing though than intelligence. Yeah, it could be. Well, that's great. I love it. Uh, Character creator challenge. I love, it's going to be an amazing one. Tune in next week for that. Ross, any parting words? We have uh, this podcast goes every week. We appreciate you coming in this week as a stand-in for Lucas. Uh, listeners, don't be weary. Uh, Lucas just had to step away real quick, so he'll be back next week. Just, uh, just a big thanks. Thanks for having me on the show, and uh, I look forward to you know uh, trying to trying to give you some different inspirations and uh hopefully i can still be a part of the show at some point later absolutely on. man absolutely well we forget how to do this uh skype call-in thing on this mixer whatever device it's a good mixer with all of these knobs yeah is there a, a skype option i think there's like a, a external or something <laughs> you get two it guys in the yeah. room and they have no idea what's going on no 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 support <laughs> I'm not on IT. There's security and support. We have no idea about audio. Fuck right. it. Michael, uh, you are the DM of the campaign, www.twitch.tv backslash the negotiators. Exactly. All one word. All um, one word. Follow us on Twitter at uh, Fantasy CG for Campgrounds. Exactly. And uh, tune in next week for episode seven's Character Creator Challenge, where we ascend to godhood. And uh, go ahead and look up that Tasha's uh, Cauldron of Everything. That was our roundtable discussion. We circled back on it a lot. I think it's a great book. Uh, check it out for yourself. A lot of great feature classes, uh, a lot of great new subclasses that are kind of rounded in. And Show, shows you how to make your races. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate it. And we're out. See you next week. I have 15 alarms <laughs> and it's specifically so I don't wake up and go, uh, Hey guys, uh, I know it's eight 30, but I just woke up. Right. My alarms are set for six 30, six 45, six 50. And I wake up at five 30. I have what? an alarm on my no, own. I can't do yeah. that. I can't I have do an it. alarm on my watch. Yeah. I have one of those Fitbits and it doesn't make a noise. It, it vibrates it on your arm. It vibrates and it'll, it'll know what sleep cycle I'm in. I can't do that. It, it would will just wake I'd me be... up when I'm in my weakest sleep cycle. Yeah, no, it would it's just be like, awesome. "Hey, I'm ready." It's literally to go. like I'll be already turning, and it'll be like zoop zoop, and I'll be like, "Oh, I guess I'm awake." 
Like, so that's what, like, I have three sets of alarms on my phone, and one of them's supposed to do that. Like, yeah. it's supposed to go, oh, hey, you're in this sleep cycle, so I'm yeah. going to start slowly waking you up. Yeah. No, that's the worst one. It never wakes me up. Oh, really? So no, that one that amazing. just went off, that is absolute, it, it turns the phone to the absolute loudest it can go. Yeah. You cannot shut it off until you shake it like 50 times really hard. No, mine, no longer any noise. I wake up silent. Like a goddamn ninja. <laughs> I should I should get a watch that. It's amazing. I can't I can't say enough how great of an alarm it is. Especially if you're married, you know, so you don't want to wake up your partner. Like I Yeah, Steph sure, rub asleep. it in, man. Come Steph on. is asleep, like I, she never wakes up. I'm up moving already up. Yeah. With nothing. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just bragging now. Fitbit. Yeah, right? Fitbit. He really is. 